Hello, friends. My name is Steve, and welcome to the Page Chewing Friday Conversation. And we are here today with a lot of friends from Before We Go Blog, our extended family. So excited to be here with so many friends tonight. Thank you for coming by. Uh, Whitney, will you start us off with an introduction? Let us know about you and what you do. Oh, geez. I knew you were going to start with me. Um, so <laughs> I mm, I don't know what, I what to say. I didn't plan it. I wrote, I wrote notes for this well, and, not, and, and not a single one about me. Um, we can start with Beth if you want. If, uh, oh, okay. Sure. Pass. Pass. Okay. No way. All right. Hi, um, I'm Beth Tabler and I own Before We Go Blog. And yeah. I'm also the I'm also the uh, editor for Grimdark Magazine's uh, issues. That's all me. of their issues, or just the, all the of ones them. you put out? <laughs> all, the issues. I, all the issues are from She's got a, all the issues <laughs> gathered here today. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and uh, Taylor, I guess we'll just go this way. Sure. Uh, so hi, I'm Taylor. My booktube channel is May Between the Pages. I am a co-host of Page Doing, along with PL and Steve, two of the, the many people on here. We'll get to them. <laughs> so you'll see me um, on Friday Conversations quite often. Um, I am also an assistant editor at Before We Go Blog. I'm very happy to be. Yeah. So I'm excited for this. Nice. And Crystal? Uh, hi, my name is Crystal Matar. I wrote um, These Giant Bricks, Legacy of the Brightwash, and Legacy of Brick and Bone. Um, I'm also part of the Before We Go team. Um, and <laughs> also, I was rather suddenly added to the Fanbiotic team, so I'm, I'm kind of polyamorous <laughs> in my blog life right now, um, which both of them are amazing. So, And that's, that's about it. Awesome. And congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yay. <laughs> and uh, CT? Hey, my name is CT Phipps. I'm an author of about 30 books, and I am a regular reviewer for Grimdark Magazine and Before We Go blog. Yes. yes. And PL. <laughs> hey, I'm uh, PL Stewart, uh, author of the Drag King Saga, and also an assistant editor with Before We Go blog. Uh, Taylor is under our incredible leader, Beth Tabler. Happy she could be with the gang and just amazing to see Whitney and Dan and GM and Crystal and Beth and CT and all of our, our wonderful Before Go Blog family on Friday. And he's, he's being modest. He launched a brand new book today. Yes. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I was Finally. like, is going to be a bit or are we going to have to? Yeah, yeah. Lauren, Lauren King came out today. Uh, there we go. Congratulations, Freddie. Congratulations. Thank you. Book three, the John King of Saga. So thank you. Pre uh, the formerly on Amazon next week, but on Freezy Press, Freezy Press, my indie press publisher. Today, so. Yeah. It's... Is that book three of three or is there more? Three of seven. Oh, three oh, of seven. Okay. Oh, yay. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank right you. On. Awesome. Awesome. Good stuff. And uh, GM? Yeah. Hi, I'm uh, GM Nyer. I'm the author of the Duck and Dyer Dicks for Hire series. And I should have worn, a... worn my shirt. Oh yeah, you should. <laughs> oh yeah, my shirt. <laughs> I'm, I'm the author of the series, the maker of the T-shirts. I'm a contributor at Before We Go Blog and a uh, general news. <laughs> also, the second funniest person here after me. Ah. Ooh. Oh, oh, that's that's 
Shots fired. Yes. Oh, yes. Right. We have to get that rivalry going and, you know, uh, uh, force our uh, sides into teams. <laughs> and uh, Dan? Hi, I'm uh, Dan Fitzgerald. I'm uh, fantasy and uh, now mostly romance author. Um, also the leader of the Crystal Matar fan club. So crystalmatarfanclub.com. Um, Maybe. <laughs> Uh, no, Crystal. Crystal made me write smut, so now I write smut. <laughs> go, Crystal. Go, 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 go. Uh, I also blog. I also blog sometimes with uh, before we go, and I'm uh, thankful for Beth for bringing me into the fold. Yes, and Whitney. Dang it! Um, so I'm Whitney, and I am editing my first book. Stupid thing! Oh, and um, oh, congratulations! Thanks. And um, I, I don't write fantasy. I, I love it, but I can't produce it. So I just part of, I have fizzly sparks that go magic, and that's all that happens. Um, so it's a historical for <laughs> me. And um, Beth was wonderful and allowed me to join the Before We Go team uh, about a year ago, I guess. And then then I got lucky enough to be an SPFBO judge, and I have thoroughly enjoyed that. I'm glad to be here with all of you. <laughs> so what can you tell us about your book, Whitney? Um, it's a historical fiction set Ooh. in 1966, Alabama. Oh. Oh. oh, wow. And it's loosely for all my family and friends watching from there that it's loosely, loosely, loosely based on people I know. Mm. Some, some of them will be mad. Way to get a bunch of pre-orders from the other. Good, good, good. <laughs> well, time period certainly interesting. 1960s, yeah. late 60s Alabama. That's a pretty, pretty interesting time it's a heavy, period. It's a heavy time, and several yeah. of my betas have several of my betas have called out certain events, and they're like, "Are you sure this was this happened?" And I'm like, "Oh." Don't doubt my research. I've done it. I've done it. I mean, things like uh, the Miranda rights. You know, when, yeah. when did Miranda yeah. become a, a requirement? Yeah. Well, that was early 1966. Yeah, and oh, it wow. plays have it plays heavily into the time frame because the um, words um, <laughs> the, the instigating event happens in July, and Miranda was codified in April. So, oh wow. Yeah. Oh, it plays cool. yeah. Thanks. I hope you like it. I hope you read it. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if you guys read anything but fantasy and fun stuff. Well, I wonder if you would really enjoy this book, um, Small Mercies by Dennis Lehane. It's uh, 1974 in Boston. Yes. During the um, the forced busing crisis. Crisis. Yes. Um, so it, I wonder if there's similar themes and I'm a hundred pages in, I, um, out of 300 pages and it is, it's dark and it's heavy, but man, it's so good and it's so confronting and painful. So yeah, you're, you're, what you just described sounds right up my alley. <laughs> oh, good. Well, so mine is not, mine is, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's particularly heavy. Um, but well, the, and, and my, my, well, my readers haven't come in as heavy, but, um, right. One of the main characters is a very snarky grandmother, and oh, she love it, love it, love it. She holds no bars and takes no prisoners. Love it. 
And so it's, I've, I've had a lot of fun with her. I've had a lot of fun with her. And the other is a very nice, the other main character is her 19 year old, very naive granddaughter. So it's, it's, it's been fun. And, but, but you all know, all of you have written the, um, the agony of sitting there going, does a comma go there or not? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And taking well, out all the stupid extra justs. I have an addiction oh, to just. I, I the last my very last pass on brick and bone, I reduced the word count by a thousand words, taking out just and also like some of the filler words that happen around yeah. them. Just um, and like. Yeah. Uh, well. Um, yeah, just like specifically, and then like you know little phrases that that happen to try to justify having the word just in there. So I, 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 like, I want it. I want it. it. Yeah. So yeah, I, I feel it. I feel your pain. Okay. Well, I appreciate. It. I'm glad it's not just me. <laughs> when, when, when are we going to see? When can we expect to see it, Whitney? When do you think? Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping I can get it. Um, ready this fall. I don't know if you've noticed so much. Ooh. I've been asking, um, you know, for help. It just ideas about self-publishing and because, and, and you guys all inspired me. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, in our, in the MFA program that I was in, it, it focuses on traditional publishing. And through the course of this, I, of meeting you guys and going through my like, MFA program, I was like, you know, the, the self-published books are really better than what I'm finding in Barnes and Noble and, and um, you know, Books a Million. What you guys are putting out is so different from traditional epic fantasy or traditional romantic fantasy. I'm like, I, I want to see the new and different. Like Dan's um, Weird Water Confluence and your Legacy of the Brightwash books mm -hmm. and GM, my mm -hmm. God. Yeah. It's super weird. <laughs> It's just Can so good. Listen, I thoroughly enjoyed Duckett and Dyer. Catgold woke my husband up several times while I was reading in the middle of the night. He's like, what are you laughing at? Never mind, hamburgers. Talking cow, shut up. It's fine. Oh, yeah. Always with the hamburgers. <laughs> Duckett and Dyer was great. I loved it. And I'm enjoying Brightwash now as well there. Definitely, oh, I, don't, I don't read traditional publishing anymore there. I'm all indie all the time. Well, your your uh, deer book really got me hooked on that uh, on your series. Oh yeah, it's actually uh, the book of the month on our fantasy right now. There, oh, and Ooh, it's nice. hilarious the way that. Uh, well, yeah, it's hilarious the way the fandom went down dividing there. There's people who absolutely love snarky, sarcastic <laughs> pop culture references and the indie. Uh, <laughs> flow away from traditional publishing and urban fantasy. And then there's the people who absolutely hate it for every single one of those. <laughs> Believe me, don't I know it. Um. <laughs> I gave it a five star. I love that book. That was great. Thank you very much there. I hope you'll check out the sequels. Oh, I will. I have it all queued up. I just, I, I have so much time right now. Oh, oh yes. Whenever an author <laughs> so uh, is given praise, they immediately say like, good, now read the next one. <laughs> Here are the next five. Enjoy. If the first book was so good, why aren't you reading books three to eight? <laughs> oh, oh yes. I have much built. The, the never-ending TBR 
I'll never oh, get yes. to it. True. Yes. Never Except get for to Dan, it. it's, it's also the the obligation that if you are, ever get another author to read uh, your book, you have to read theirs, and then <laughs> then becomes entirely awkward if it's not your style. That's that's a nonsense uh, obligation in my mind. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, but it's I true. The two is this that. point there. So. Yeah. Taylor made a comment about the never-ending TBR. Can we just talk about Dan and his, um, oh, what that way? There he is, um, <laughs> and his one book TBR that he mentioned the other day. I mean, I I don't really have TBRs. I have you know books that I might read, but like, <laughs> recently I was like I, I was in between books and I was like I know that like I'm gonna I know I'm gonna read uh, Brick and Bone when it comes out. Um, so I like read whatever you know short thing I could fit into the space in between the previous book and, and this one and then now i'm reading this one and then when it's over well we'll see i have some ideas but yeah i don't really i'm a very much a mood reader and i also i'm, I'm forever seeking out a thing that doesn't quite exist so um i'm looking hard and i keep getting closer and closer to finding it i feel like i'm almost there um but not quite maybe you'll have to write it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, obviously, yes. No, but I like I keep thinking. So I'm uh, I'm seeing some things by like um, there's someone named May Peterson. Um, so I'm looking for like like trans non-binary high fantasy romance, and there's not a, there's not a lot out of, out there. There's a few things, and it has there's like certain types of things that I don't like. I don't like it really dark. So like you know. Anyway, so I'm looking at. <laughs> it, I mean, I don't. I, <laughs> with notable in in my romance uh anyway okay okay, okay, so, okay. so i've been i've been so right now i'm just i'm reading brick and bone and when it when i'm done with Don't that like maybe, really dark. maybe something will maybe something else will come up no i actually like a lot of dark books but i don't I don't like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I get what you mean when you're when you're looking for a romance specifically. It's th there's a specific feeling that you're going for. So I I, I get what you mean. I'm just and some people love dark asshole. romance. Like I'm all about that, but yeah. I, I want my romance to be definitely lighter. And when I want to read a darker book, I want to read a darker book. That's just my own personal preference. You don't want to be surprised. Yes, I mean I guess if I'm reading a darker book, I'm prepared to be surprised. I'm reading a romance. I want it to be a romance. Fair. I'm switching between romances and grimdark at the moment. Perfect. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with my brain. <laughs> if it, it makes you break. feel better, I was in, um, I was 13% into Brick and Bone, and I love it, by the way. But I was like, I don't know if my heart's ready for this. So I took a break, oh, well, and I read Vampire Academy. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and I was like, now this is this is a good palate cleanser, and I'll get back to Brick and Bone when I'm ready to hurt. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah there's, a, there's, there's a lot of pain in that book. I think, I think it's worse than the first one. And yeah. <laughs> I would be sorry, except I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but we know that we get to we get to spice eventually. That's the other thing. Like in between yeah. the pain, there's going to be spice. So like that thought will carry me forward. Yeah. Oh yes, I I definitely uh, am switching between '80s high fantasy and drag, Dragon Lance and uh, Forgotten Realm stuff and uh, well, Bright Wash. So it's kind of a hard kind of a contrast there. It's, it's like okay, yeah, uh, wonderful dragon riding some. Fun uh, magical moon blades. Let's go see what's going on in this other uh, part of my Kindle. Oh, the child washes onto the floor of the totalitarian <laughs> <laughs> dictatorship. I'm the heart of darkness in everybody's TBR, and my idiot ass was two years ago was like, the book's not that dark, is it? 
<laughs> it's not as dark as it was when I was drafting it. Jeez. Let's, yes, oh, investigator. I gave my son up to the uh, horrible authorities. And let's see. <laughs> look at this point. Was the child born at the prison? That's a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> It, it used to be worse. Oh my! Oh, okay. oh, oh my apologies. No. Yeah. No, it, it's no. funny. Like, is Game of Thrones grimdark? I never noticed. <laughs> I at least I think the thing that threw me off was that Tosh was trying really hard. And when you think of like, if you don't know a lot about grimdark at first, you think of like. Um, really amoral characters and nihilistic characters uh, and he's he's not that and i think that threw me off but also um it's the, <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> I, I know that now <laughs> um, i'm sorry no interruptions oh, i forgot what i was gonna say oh yeah oh, in, in an earlier draft um a certain notable character died um and now she doesn't, so that means it's not that dark, right? Of course, you know, no. Like you know, Lady Stoneheart coming back. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just occurred to me that Tashwe is like a paladin who's following the wrong god. Like he's a paladin who's just like Ooh, he's like totally like there, but, oh, but yes, the god I, is evil. Oh yes, it's 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 a terrible, like terrible state of especially if you're prone to Mia being like you know Mage Nito and always on the side of the magic users. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's a very believable kind of dark and gritty. There, uh, weirdly oh, enough, it kind you. of re reminds me of Terry Gillum's Brazil, which is a the ultimate. Uh, isn't it horrible to be in a totalitarian dictatorship? But even worse if it's just bureaucrats <laughs> doing their job. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the evil's not even personal. It's just even worse because they're just, bad at it. Yeah, bureaucracy yeah, and like fantasy it. is fantastic, though. Yeah. Yeah, Crystal does it like no other though. It's just, but oh, Crystal, it's you, a fantastic book. Buy it. Okay, got get, got my. <laughs> you have all the right elements of like darkness and hope and pleasure and like it's just yeah, it's rolled up really well. So, but it's funny. I when I first read Brightwash, I thought, wow, this is dark and this is hitting me really really hard. And then you start reading the Michael Fletchers and the Clayton Snyder's and the Sarah Chones. You're like, wow. You know, and yeah, Anna's, Anna's voice, like, okay, well, yeah, it crystals dark. My beer, basically. Oh, yeah. dark we, we did get Sarah Chorn on there. here. Yeah, that's See, just like, yeah. there, there's very few grim dark that is so upbeat and peppy and chipper about how absolutely horrible and nightmarish every one of their worlds is. That's your next assignment, uh, Crystal. Upbeat yes. and chirpy. We need to recruit them. Yes, totally. Yeah. yeah, see, that that's part of what what threw me off the, the scent was because I, I was friends with Clayton, um, you know, from the beginning of before I was really working that much. And so I was beta reading some of his stuff while I was working on my stuff. <laughs> so, you know, if, I don't know if anyone's read River of Thieves, but that that book is hilariously dark. <laughs> yeah. Funny so as hell. Reading that, yeah, absolutely. I only have one grim, I have two grim dark series there, but people say that they're not because I, I just cannot turn off my a snark meter. So uh, <laughs> even in the absolute kind of horrible, uh, I think Cthulhu Armageddon is the darkest because the, the world has been destroyed and it's like the dark tower meets fallout and with, you know, giant Cthulhu monsters. And I'm like, yeah, the, the characters just can't stop wisecracking because that's just me there. <laughs> 
I think a good wisecrack balances out stories. Yeah, though. I agree. Like you can't Absolutely. have too much nihilism or it's not enjoyable to read. You got to have some little glimmer of hope or nugget or of humor. something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To hold otherwise, I, just, I feel like humor otherwise is you're just really... reading Nietzsche. <laughs> yeah. Tell yeah. that to Cormac McCarthy. No, I, oh, I, refuse. Yeah. I refuse to read his books. Like, oh, I well. Really, I can't. We're... That's fair. It's funny, Beth, actually, because I actually own a CD that is entirely inspired uh, by Cormac McCarthy's Westerns called The Last Pale Light in the West. And they used uh, some of those songs for The Walking Dead. So you can tell. I actually actually love that, that Western uh, series, that the uh, one with that had Spanish and English mixed together. I forget what it was called. I, mm -hmm. I really like that. But the road is too much, too much for me. Yeah. Too much for my wife, too, there. She, she said, oh, I... We rented that movie one time there, and I'm now forbidden from ever renting a movie for my wife again. <laughs> I saw the one with, um, oh God, Javier Bardem had a really bad haircut. No Country for, no old, country for old Men. Yeah. Yes. And that was a movie that destroyed me, like the quarter scene. That was an awesome movie. <laughs> okay, awesome I can't movie. read his books. Yeah, I, on my end, I just prefer my grimdark uh, with more of the bronze sort of shade of things there. Uh, basically, I'm going to go say with, you know, it's a classic answer and probably uh, one that's overused. But Joe Abercrombie, Rob J. Hayes, Mark Lawrence, those kind of people that's like, yeah, they're assholes, but they're so much fun being assholes. I'll be honest, I never heard the term dark till this group. I was reading a oh, romance yes. book. Like That's because we just made it up. We're just doing this as an elaborate mind game on you. <laughs> okay, great, great. They were quoting Mark in a romance book. Like at the beginning of a chapter, they quoted uh, one of Mark's books. Okay. Like, okay. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, all those books might have an element of something, though, right? Like Mark Lawrence yeah. can write romance; is free to yeah. write, you know. Yeah. And, in elements in his book just like yeah we i think i don't know i just think to be a book feels really well-rounded when you have all those aspects right dark oh, yeah. light romance like i i love to read that in books like people so, yeah. yeah just like people yeah i'm gonna say that in fact one element of indie publishing that is beneficial is the fact that authors are allowed to color outside the lines a lot more yes. uh, when they're in control of their own work than they ever are allowed when there are books there uh Kim Harrison is also the author. I'm, uh, it's okay. She's revealed this herself there. The author, Dawn Cook. And she writes, you know, uh, young adult uh, girly books at one point. And she switched to doing an adult urban fantasy. And they had book. made her change her name for that. And, you know, now you can just oh. do authors with, in, in indie, uh, I want to write a space book. I want to write a fantasy book. Whatever I feel like inspired by. And they can, you know, go well outside their th quote unquote thing. And that's mm -hmm. great. Right. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of it. like well placed snark, going back just a little bit, we all saw. I don't know if we've all seen that the Spiffo winner was announced. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I know anybody who's watching, we will get the last score up. I swear. I <laughs> I'm just waiting for it to come in. Oh. <laughs> yes. Uh, but um, I mean. Uh, we're allowed to talk about it, right? Because Mark yeah, yeah. released yeah, it. Yeah, right? Mark. Okay. Congratulations, so, small miracles. The small Olivia miracles. Congratulations, the small miracles. Yes, it was a delightful yeah, book. Definitely. Yeah. It really was. Yeah, oh, I yes. thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, all of the little snarky points really hit for me in that book. Yeah, yeah. me too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh yeah. I think I, I think I think my only complaint with Small Miracles was because I read it on my Kindle, which meant footnotes were weird. But had I been oh, yeah. you know flipping pages, yeah. I wouldn't have had any concern at all. So that was just a formatting for me thing. But otherwise, I giggled all the way through it, and I thought this is really well done. And I loved oh, yes. the I loved the gender fluidity of the yeah. um, the characters. It was so so well done. It's a great book. Yeah. I guess we can announce this too that we're we're coming back. We've been asked to come back for a yeah. Yay! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have no idea how happy I am. Yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. that's the actual reason that you withheld the score till the last minute. You want yeah, to yeah, yeah. I'm playing. Yeah. That's I'm what she wanted. Well. Oh yes. And you know another uh, kudos to Mark Lawrence in the terms of indie world there being the big author that did take a moment to say like yes this is an entirely growing industry quote unquote and these are the books that deserve a chance to be uh, looked at and I found some truly fantastic ones blow major publications so all the way out yeah. yes mm -hmm. absolutely anyone yeah. have a, a favorite uh, of the uh, contest's uh, books winners there name off the top of their head or you oh know just a participant or just a so many. So do you want final, like favorites from the final group from this year? Let's or just say just if they were entered into read? the contest, you can name it as a favorite of yours. We're giving shout okay. outs. So, hmm. Oh thrice. dear, I, I saw everyone. No, no, no. I'm not going to, Thrice was excellent. Yes. So I, was, so I would second fun. Thrice by oh, Andrew yeah. Meredith. Yes. And I mean, it was and small. He, it was really good. Such and debunked <laughs> it really breaks my heart that i cut it because it was it was really good and it was yeah. really clever um and ultimately it came down to the fact that it was more science fiction than than mm -hmm. fantasy and and normally i wouldn't even mention something like that except that it's called the self-public well, fantasy and there's a, and there's yeah. a sci-fi contest yeah yes, i think it's exactly. also it's he's, also entered in the spsfc too I yeah think. He's, a semi, oh, he's a semi-finalist at least like it he's really doing it. Okay, yeah. okay as far as i'm aware but they're <laughs> I, I don't think they have their finalists yet this year no not um, a killer killer cover too yeah yeah and and he's he's so fantastic didn't he uh, draw them? What? No, no, he did. I don't think he did. But he he built like a, a scale model of the airship um, nice. for for conventions and stuff. And watching him do that has been so amazing. And I like I'm just I feel so happy watching him live his best life. Um, That's great. And I mean, and knowing that he's he's doing he's doing well even even though I cut him like I'm forever gonna feel awful. Crystal for that. crushed him. <laughs> Our I know. I'm he's so glad he's doing well. Yeah. And I, I love I really love Miss Percy's. Oh yeah. Well. It was it was so yeah. it was so different and so sweet that I really loved it. But we had so many wonderful books in our batch. Like oh, we got yeah. lucky. We got really yeah. lucky. Or yeah, we, we were. Long Nights by Tom Huck was great. I love, I love that. And of course, Thirteenth Hour. Like, yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah, I think where the world building award goes to Trudy Skies for the Thirteenth Hour. Yeah, me here Just filling so up rich. the comments with. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm torn between mentioning uh, where loyalties lie by Rob J Hayes, which is grim, oh, dark, yeah. yes, and Orkonomics. Isn't that because you know Orkonomics? Oh, we're going back now, so it's like free reign for all of them. Oh yes, the I, I'm oh, sorry, okay. I should have made that more clear there. I was just you know touting the entirety of the uh, 
a self-published fantasy blog off, you know, contributions to our own reading, so to speak. Mahir's like giving us a ton of them. I agree. Never Die was amazing. Illborn, Daniel Jackson, the past uh, finalist. Uh, Thomas, Tim Hardy. We, break, we Break Immortals. That was really, really good for me. Oh, yes. I like the, the big ones. No, uh, Paula Bones, Tim Hardy is a lot. Yeah. Um, wow. We Met After Shadow. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Last year's runner up was great. Which was what runner up from last year? <laughs> Crystal. They Crystal. all kind of oh, Crystal. <laughs> Crystal's runner up from last year. Oh, that shot's fired. That one? That was great timing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I run the fan club. I I got to. Yeah. We should... Yes. Now, now we need to go. Like in the sequel, can you constantly go a little darker? No. <laughs> yeah. As, no, lo as long as you, as long as you match any increase in darkness with increase in smut, like I'm going to be okay with that. I oh, mean, yeah. Ishmael set set the tone for us, didn't he? Oh yes. What's I'm, a, um, I'm Dirk's uh, unofficial leader of his fan club. Oh, Paternus. Yeah. Oh, Dirk Ashley, yeah. yeah. Another I'm, one. Oh, yes. Another I'm, one I got to read. Wow. Uh, Dirk is great, too, as I said. You know, he, he contributes. He's every, wonderful. Definitely one of those people who also was trying yeah. to give back to the community that helped him. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah I got to read, read his book. I also loved every one of the uh, Paternus books there. You know, read them each and yeah. every one. Fabulous. We should we should shout out uh, Baker Thief by Claudia Arsenault. I thought that yes. was uh, a really yes. unique book, and PL wrote a great uh, review of that. Uh, just the world, the sort of the uh, queer normative world building, and the interesting relationships. And I thought it yeah, was really it was really cool. Yeah, that was an excellent book. Excellent book. Yeah. Yeah, you know, your reviews are like <laughs> really so, so much. It's amazing. Oh, Thank you. Thank you. I You're always like think like, oh, this is a long one. And then you like that I wrote and then I, you release one. I'm like, never mind. <laughs> I have work to do. <laughs> Respect. Thank you. And you oh, read yeah. so fast. Oh, so jealous. That was actually something that I wanted to, to mention in the comments. I saw Drew had said that, um, Someone, uh, Paramita, I think, yeah, had finished the Veiled Throne. Yeah. Is on page eight hundred and forty-five of Speaking Bones, She's which crazy. The Indian yeah. Dynasty is one of my favorite series of all time. Not indie, but those are chonkers, and that yeah, blows my mind. Right. So I'm curious for, is, yeah. for oh, yeah. everyone here. Like a lot of you are also authors in your own right, but we're all reviewers. So I'm curious, how do you guys balance reading speed with like? this is a book I want to read, or this is an arc that I got. How do you guys kind of balance those things? Because I find the channel, it's something I'm constantly working on because I want to create content, but I don't want to rush through a book and I want to write a good review if I'm going to release it on before we go. But if I'm not going to release it, I can write it quicker. So there's, there's a lot that I'm trying to balance. So I'm just curious how you guys do that. Oh yeah, I'm terrible at having a consistent. Don't do it well, no. I just yeah. Whatever inspires <laughs> me at the moment, there. I mean, my my. my... Go ahead. Uh, no, you were mid sentence. <laughs> Go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, my most popular articles that I ever did uh, were my reviews of 
many reviews of 10 recommended Dungeons and Dragons novels. And I think I've done like four of them. I got to tell you, that was just off the top of my head one day. I was like, what if, what are 10 ones I would recommend there? And I wrote it in a course of an hour when I was supposed <laughs> to be doing uh, all sorts of Cthulhu uh, and uh, uh, horror kind of theme books there. And, you know, that worked out well for me. So you just got to go where the inspiration takes you, I think. My my Goodreads is currently at two finished <laughs> books this year because I keep starting books and then getting distracted um, and then not finishing them. So I think I think I have about twelve that are currently reading right now. And then this book came out um, the same day as my book, and I'm I've read a hundred pages today. I'm probably gonna finish it tomorrow. So I. I do not balance is my answer. <laughs> I have a stack of books by the bed, which I have right here, actually. <laughs> like, oh, yes. just by the bed. And so every time I look at them, they look at me in tone. <laughs> this is why this is why I do audiobooks because that way I can uh, try and guilt other reviewers saying like well I don't have, really have time to add any new books in physical form. It's like good, it comes in audio. Why don't you? Go? I said you one of those copies. <laughs> I think I pulled yeah, that out of bath a couple of times. I, I read, and I usually have my, my Kindle, a book, a, a book book, and I have an audio book going all the time. Pale Kings by Ben Galley right now, and Stephen Cree, the guy who narrated those, is so much fun to listen to. So yeah, I have three going at once, but then there's no balance. It's yeah. at all. I'm like, I'm, I probably won't review this. I mean, yeah, I could if you asked me to, but that requires work. I'm just going to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more. I'm not a machine like CT over here with all of his reviews that he throws up. He's amazing. Oh no. well, you know it helps that I just review whatever I've already read rather than try and set out a book to read and then review it. There. It's oh, that, the, well, that's, the that's perfect fair. cheating. The perfect you kind of build up a, a, a backlog of of things that you could write about. That's I have smart. 60 books I need to review. Like my backlog is 60 books deep of books I need to yes, review. Yes, and I keep trying to throw more on your pile there. <laughs> Those are just ones I need to know. Like I've read them and I need to write a review. I have 5,000-ish books mm -hmm. in my PDR on Goodreads. And then I have just stacks of books around me. Yes, I, I, I made it a goal of like three years ago that I would eventually uh, – read all of my uh, 250 to be red pile and i think i'm down to 230 now <laughs> good deal yeah i you know it's the case of like okay i finished that book oh there's a sequel <laughs> oh new one there and i'm now 30 books up yeah i think this this argues for not having a tbr just yeah you just have books you know, that's that, you, that's what I don't. do at this point, where I, I just I having books and reading books is two completely different hobbies. Yeah. <laughs> I've bought I I've bought um probably a dozen books since I've moved um here, and had all these beautiful shelves to fill up, but I have read two or three, so it's just it there's there's a curation hobby of beautiful books, oh, yeah. and then there's <laughs> reading them one day although i'm mm. hoping now i can i can make more time to read i've i've decided that i'm not going to write on weekends anymore now that i've hit that deadline i'm not going to 
I'm going to have some reading time. Two books a year is not going to cut it for me anymore. <laughs> not, not books that size. Oh, I mean, reading two books a year. Oh, I see. <laughs> Last year, I got all the way up to eight books in oh, yeah. uh, one year. And that's not, it's not enough. I, I missed reading um, while I was writing. So I, I, I need to balance it better. Oh, yeah. You know, I actually uh, take the argument that Stephen King put in on writing that whenever you're trying to write a book, that would be actually when you should read the most and, you yeah. know, try and deluge yourself with your genre to keep your mind in the soaked in the stuff enough to uh, pour out the ideas. It's not actually going to make you a uh, derivative, but it is going to keep you in that it, head. It, yeah, it, it fills the creative well, uh, I think. And I. My my mistake was that I set deadlines that were really hard to meet, <laughs> and so there, there just wasn't time or mental energy. But I'm not I I'm not sustaining a career like that. It, I have to be able to read, or else why why am I here? <laughs> why am I in this oh, community? Yeah. So yeah, Damn. definitely making more time to read this year. That's pretty well now become my main hobby. Like I I yeah. write, I read, you know. Try and get some yeah. exercise in, whatever. But yeah, it's it's pretty well. It's become, I guess, an obsession somewhat. And I'm pretty regimented. So that allows me to read a lot of books and then obviously hope to review them all. So if I get behind too, I think I'm about five or six reviews behind now. But I'm, I keep upping my TBR goal. So like this year, I said 100 books on Goodreads. Oh so... Right. We'll see. I'm probably gonna pass that, but I managed to hit my goal of of 300 last year. But of course, I was cheating by putting comic books. Uh, that is cheating. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> cheating, and it worked. Yeah. David would... from Hat reads like that. Like I, yeah. I, he's I fight. He's like, oh, 500 books. 500 books. What did you so, read? 500 books. I made that. Uh, I make the mistake of, you know, I set a goal of like 125 books this year. And then, you know, back to back, I've got 17 that are the size of brick and bone. Oh, <laughs> damn. I'll never read all of that. You got you to gotta get like little books. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. That's that's how it works. There. That, that might be a, like, that might be a where dear one, actually. Like this one. Yeah. That's going to be I'm going to advertise my next book is that way. Yeah. It's, it's only like 200 pages. It's gonna be, yeah. <laughs> it works. It's a snack. That's funny. Oh, yeah. This is a this is a novella by Carrie Dalby. She writes Southern Gothic, and she's fantastic. Mm. Oh yeah. Mm. I got I got I, the coolest cover today in the mail. Mm. Um, the dead take the train. Have you guys seen this? Ooh, that's oh cool. wow, nice. that's pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. That. It's um Cassandra Kaw. I think it's how you pronounce it. I know. And I know her writing. Yeah, I've Richard read some of her novellas. She does horror, doesn't she? Yeah. My, yeah. Then, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, she, done a, she did a couple of Cthulhu books I read. Yeah. I'm real excited about that pair, that matchup. Well, I want to go in, back to the question about how we manage our reading. Uh, so I'm very regimented like PL, but I don't read nearly as much. Uh, I read it like every night before bed for like 20 or 30 minutes. And I said, I usually set a goal of like 5% of an ebook. Or if it is like a book by Crystal Matar, I try to get like two, two or three <laughs> percent. Like two, if I get two percent, like I'm lucky. And then I try to I try to get time. Like at other points in the day, I consider to be bonus reading time. So if I can like read a percent or two or three, 
at some point during the day, you know, if a life allows it, that's great. And I also have a couple of paperbacks kicking around that I'll sometimes pick up just at odd times. Um, oh, yeah. But but uh, like I've got American Hippo that I'll that I'll read every now and then. Yes, oh. books, books. Um, but I also <laughs> yes, but I also I rotate between romance and like books that are only romantic, but not necessarily romances specifically. So kind of ro rotate back and forth. But every other book has to be a, a romance because it helps me reset my brain and also oh. like like the world kind of sucks. And so I want some of my books to be happy places and other kinds of books don't have to be happy places, but I still like romantic stories in almost every book I read. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do not. That's your OSM. Was it, what was your, your rating system? OSM? Yeah. Objective smart metric. No, objective <laughs> smart metric. Oh yes. So I think um, it would be a rating would be very useful because people like you who don't like smut, could look at a book and it, like the objective smut record is like, you know, zero or like one, you'd be like, okay, I can handle that. I but if it's like 6.2, you're like, no, I think I'm going to, I'm going to tag out on that one. Oh, oh, that reminds me of like my all time favorite review for before we go blog, uh, where, because just because the opening line there is, which was a review of a book by Sarah Hawk who writes very much smut, but smut with plot. And it was the joke of like, I think how's that opening is like, Hey Charles, what are you reading? And I said, Star Trek porn. And she says, fine, don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but no really no really <laughs> i i see uh, a comment a commenter asking for a recommendation from well-written romance so the fantasy romance you can't go wrong with carissa broadbent which you may yes. very well already know mm -hmm. uh, or jd evans or jd evans mm -hmm. although i think it's some some people might say it's a little more along the romantic fantasy it's really on the edge oh, yeah. for me it's yeah uh, she, I, I haven't, i've only read the one book so yeah um anyway those, that's the first one that jumps to mind and i'll be thinking on some more so i have a question for this commenter because oh. i've never heard this phrase before this uh helena also asked has anyone broken this sub vocalization habit i have no idea what that is is that talking no, about I your book Absolutely have not. So sub vocalization is where you talk in your head as you read. Hmm. Oh, okay. So, oh. so for speed reading, you know, if you can stop sub vocalizing in your head, you can read a lot faster. Oh, I, okay. I didn't know what that was. That. So oh, I, thought I, was I thought I was talking back to the book because I was like, I do that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> what the hell? Uh-uh. Yeah, no, right. okay. I'm, now, now I'm tracking. Now I'm tracking. Yeah, Does anybody like, else repeat uh, uh, lines that you really like out loud? Like yes, uh, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, is that not how you're supposed to do it? <laughs> I, well, it's good yeah. to know. Apparently, that is uh, how you're supposed to. Do it. So for yes. for the other for the other authors, do you talk to your screens when you're typing? And you're like, it, so when someone says, um, you know, I went back and paid for that. Do do you try to figure out how to make it sound like that on the page? Sometimes I, I repeat lines that I uh, that I particularly like there as a, as while I'm typing away there, and my wife looks at me like, "What the hell did you say?" Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, circling back to Helena, uh, "Fortune's Fool" by Angela Board, B O O R D, and uh, "A Strange and Stubborn Endurance" by Foz Meadows would be yeah. two more that I would highly recommend. Uh, I could I could. Save many more. Is, but uh, the one the one that you wrecked to me count as romance? Um, oh, what's it called? Sister Song? Is it is it romance no, or is it just no? no okay. No. I mean, it has some romance in it, but no, it's but it's not book, but uh, capital R. Definitely, definitely not. 
Yes, all all okay. the romances I recommend are uh, the romances end horribly, and that's why I like them. I was like, "What's your all time favorite romance?" <laughs> oh, Raceland and Chrysania and Dragonlance. <laughs> I think that makes it a tragedy. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's romantic that they. Oh, now I'm gonna just get into spoilers there. No, it's no. romantic. <laughs> just, it's the train wreck. <laughs> you love it. I love that. What did we feed GM before the show? I was thinking the same thing. What are you drinking, GM? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> There's a comment referencing just how quiet you're being. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm, um, don't just know halfway that. through a glass of whiskey, and I'm just really enjoying the talk. Uh, <laughs> what kind of whiskey? It is Suntory. It's Tabiki. Japanese. Oh, yeah. that's delicious. That's yeah, really great. good. Sunday. Delicious. Depends. Really it depends. Easy. They have a rail version. Beware. Oh, they have a, a, a bar rail. Oh yes, they do, and it is. Oh, uh, it is not. Don't sip it on the rocks. <laughs> the nicest <laughs> stuff is definitely good, but. Yeah. That's fair. For me, I'm just drinking the coffee out of the little Dracula mug. Oh, <laughs> so cute! It's cute. Yeah, it is cute. But if you want to drink coffee, they can talk more. But I, I, a, I didn't want to talk over anyone. Uh, well, I didn't know you like whiskey, though, GM. Whiskey? We'll have to add you to the Whiskey and Books group. Yeah. Chaos. And maybe but. he'll talk more. Maybe, maybe I will. But uh, I'm, I'm actually not that big a whiskey drinker, but I do enjoy it. Oh, mm. once in a while. I'm more of a gin and tonic person. Oh, mm. somebody else who likes gin. I love Yo, gin. What's, yeah, yeah, well, you know what? Um... I wonder if I can get it. I don't know if you can see it, this blue bottle. If you can't hand it to me, then it's not. <laughs> my, my husband uh, found this. It's a dry Mediterranean gin, and Ooh. the name of it is Our Name. Uh, oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is currently the house favorite uh, gin. I don't um, have my own gin brand, so uh, <laughs> you win. I just want to say my condolences, Drew. <laughs> Whiskey and books is a riot whenever yeah, we do it. It's a lot of nonsense. It's oh, a lot of nonsense. Ryan, um... Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of nonsense. Yep. He was badly we were... behaved, and that's why we love him. <laughs> Yeah, we were nice. in a liquor store earlier, and there was a guy there selling uh, locally distilled, uh, you know, spirits, and talking about the complex barrel aging process mm -hmm. where they use three different kinds of barrels, and Ooh. it was very uh, talking about where the locally sourced grains. It's a uh, it's a fun it's a fun time to be alive in America in some ways. That that sounds right up my alley. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't really care about any of that, but will it get me? <laughs> yes. Great. Fantastic. Load it up. Great. <laughs> I don't really drink all that much, but I, you know, Nevada is a pro pot state, so I have quite Jealous. a bit of pot in the house often. But, uh, yeah, I don't tend to drink that much. Mm-hmm. Does it smell like pot in the whole in the city in the state, Beth? Because it, it's legal what? here, and everywhere you go, it's, it's like pot. Everywhere you go, yeah, yeah. It, yes. same hard, same. If it's shitty pot. <laughs> oh, there's a funny humiliating story about me. If anyone wants to hear it, always. 
Okay. Oh, yes. Well, I am a, a teeter-toller, kind of straight-edge kind of person there. Unfortunately, family issues there. But uh, on my end, uh, my wife very much is not there and uh, is a pot connoisseur and uh, has invited my niece uh, to uh, join her, uh, her in uh, preparing all these wonderful little uh, pot dishes there. And one day... Uh, I asked them uh, to make me some cookies there, and there was uh, this big plate of them, and I was like, oh, they made me finally made me some cookies there. So I ate four, and then oh, I was under... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I was underneath a blanket for about uh, five hours contemplating the universe. Uh, infinity that was scary outside. <laughs> I have a I very, have, very similar story. I have a very, very similar story. I think we all have a very similar yeah, story. I, I've I got been lost, to Amsterdam, so, I got yeah. lost in the kitchen. I got uh -huh. lost in my kitchen. I couldn't get out of my kitchen. <laughs> I, had, oh, I no. had three cookies uh. because one cookie's good, two is great, right? Crystal, because you left and came back, everybody's in a different place and it's really like it's fucking with me. Oh. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> oh, this is what I do. Out I, there. I We're off books. We're just discussing pot now. <laughs> As you do. So actually, so uh, Thomas uh, Riley and uh, we were talking about we need to have more. Or how many uh, fantasy books are there that have psychoactive, uh, psychoactive drugs in them? Uh, can anyone oh, name any? Um, oh yeah, we have hashish in uh, in Brick and Bone. Yeah, that's true. So there's, there's not only if, if, if hashish counts, then uh, Gunmetal Gods. Gunmetal Gods. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was saying, and Nevermore in the Emanesca series by Van Galli. Mm -hmm. It's not hashish, but it's, you know, same, same. I can't think of much. I think much else. It's always like beer, beer that tastes like piss, you know, or like that kind of, it's not really I, like it. I, I can't remember what makes the cut, but I think uh, Ishmael also waxes lyrical about opium. In the yeah, there's, there's some mention, yeah. at least in the first... And I know that yeah. Riley has some. Riley has some hidden. He has, he has magical drug dealers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. Rick Immortals. Yeah, he's got. Well, and and Fletcher. Fletcher has the whole a whole series where the magic system is based on hallucinations. I, is is that mental? That's more mental illness. But yeah, the you talk about the manifest illusions, Crystal. Maybe like, not. Maybe it's like a different beyond series. redemption. Mark, yeah, Mark Michael R. Fletcher uh, had the whole idea that magic was a capable in his world, but in this one, you had to be absolutely completely off your gourd to do it. So either we're yeah. doing substances, or you were just. Mm. Yeah. Is that yeah. is that in Manifest Delusion, or is that a different series? Is that uh, well, Beyond Redemption was the Beyond one Redemption. I read there. So yeah, that that was more about mental illness, and like everybody had a different, their, I, I, their magic power was a different I, mental. I think it devolves into drugs through the series. I'm pretty sure I've talked about about this with him where um, that or it's, it's a, maybe it's the other, maybe it's the sci-fi series. But so right, I haven't read book two. You might be right. I haven't read book yeah. two. I've only read book one, so you might be oh, right. Yeah. I'll, I'll take our, it. Our, our I'll, we'll now, pretend I'm right. Our chat's now full of people discussing about whether this should become uh, bongs and books. Uh, but uh, actually, yeah, I, I definitely think in that case you should definitely make it an audiobook listener uh, field. Of <laughs> <laughs> that makes it a lot easier. How, yeah, how to how to make that a uh, chat idea work there? I think uh, Adrian Selby's books have a lot of uh, drugs, like the the herbs. You get powers off of them. Yeah. What about like Sanderson's Mistborn series and the the imbibing of different metals? 
as a, I actually looked at the Sanderson shelf. I was like, does that count? I mean, it's it's changing. I'm, yeah, like it's it's imbibing, right? And but I mean, are you taking it to get pleasure, or is it just taking a something to get magic? You, no, you wouldn't. If you're taking, it, if you're taking it to get it pleasure, then that's that counts as a drug to me. But if otherwise, it's like a potion. A potion is not drugs. Okay. It's just mm. a potion, right? I know Anthony. Ryan. Oh, unless unless you get addicted to it. So like, I have a character in an upcoming book who takes like a tincture a meditation tincture that like enhances mental powers but eventually she discovers that she becomes addicted to it so it, it and it does partly because it gives her pleasure but also like there's a physical addiction so like i don't know if that counts as a drug or or not but well that reminds me a lot of jade city so i would say that counts i would say that you know and jade city the jade in, in the green bone saga is very much yeah has an addictive property to it in, uh, i just saw drew commented that yeah um Anthony Ryan did Draconis Memoria, um, and in those books, the magic system is based on the consumption of dragon blood, and so blood from different kinds of dragons gave you different kinds of powers, which was super cool. And he he said he used to have a plot line where there was uh, people who were addicted to it, but it made the plot too complicated, so it, he cut it out. And I, I mourn for that plot line. I feel like it could have been really amazing. But so we're into the realm of, you know, theoretical now that doesn't technically exist in the book world, but it that's what it made me oh, think yeah. of. But it could have. Mm -hmm. I could have. I, one day. <laughs> Powder Mage. That's a good, yeah, that's a good uh, series. The Powder Mage series. Who, who wrote that? Uh... Is that Stephen Arian? Um, no, 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 it, no. no. Drew, who it's on the that? tip of my tongue. It's on the tip of my tongue. Who wrote that? Oh my god, Anthony Ryan? Nope, no, nope, nope. nope. If it was Anthony Ryan, I'd know. <laughs> We're such good bloggers, guys. <laughs> also, why is Bri Brian Googling McClellan? It? I Google it. Yes, Brian McClellan. Okay. There we go. <laughs> he also self-published recently. Oh. There's a awesome. there's a shift coming from the traditional authors. Yeah, well, it's interesting. Like, if you have a if you have a huge platform, why would you not just be like, I think I'm self publishing now because I already have the audience and I don't yeah. need. I mean, That's I guess you have the distribution. Part. Oh yeah, you still have the distribution problem, but I don't know. There's an interesting question about it. Would be, it would be worth doing both. I was going to say there's an interesting uh, divide in the indie world between those of who medium and small presses there and versus pure self-publishing. And, you know, which uh, are the advantages of both there? I've never been in the uh, self-published fantasy blog out there because all of my books are cross published by Crossroad Press, which is a medium publisher. Uh, mm -hmm. They did, they used to do the ST uh, Stargate SG-1 books and uh, the World of Darkness ones they still do. And, you know, that's great and all that. But, and I really uh, rely on them and they're much closer to uh, indie than uh, traditional publishing there. But I know uh, Rob J. Hayes would never, ever touch another publisher as long as he lives there. And he just pumps them out regularly and has his entire system. What do oh, you think did is... Rob, did Rob start with a, a, a big publisher? I didn't know that. Uh, he started... I, uh, uh, we have an interesting f story about how we both were with a, a small publisher called Ragnarok Publications. Okay. Yeah, and we became good friends uh, with that and several other really good authors there. And there were some stories there that I'm not uh, sure I'm legally allowed to share anymore. But oh, oh yeah, uh, def definitely some and shenanigans so got there. And some... 
would would have turned definitely turned uh, Rob off uh, entrusting his books publishing to anyone else. He's he's doing great though. So yeah, Rob, oh, yes. Rob, 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 uh, Rob's books are so good. Yeah, oh, there's yeah, people who I don't think it, they like. What does what does Will White need a traditional publisher for now? Mm-hmm. Brandon Sanderson certainly doesn't need one anymore. Um, you know, like I think you get to a point where you're selling well enough and you have enough exposure that I mean. I don't know. Carissa, I mean, Carissa Broadbent made it to the Wall Street Journal bestsellers list. She was yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah, as an indie. Her book was out for less than a week, and it was it was number three um, mm-hmm. on the bestsellers list. So, so, so let me ask you this: how how did how did her, were her books just like on Ingram and bookstores would order them? I'm I'm wondering how the distribution works because that's the one piece that that you would yeah. lose normally. Yeah, so um, she she distributes through Ingram, so okay. she's she has to she has to grind a little harder to get bookstores to sell them, but mostly people are ordering them from indie yeah. bookstores, I think. But yeah. mostly she made the list because she was number one on the Amazon store for a couple yeah. of days. Oh man, she's she she's absolutely crushing. Store. She had the she's top amazing. five books. She had the top five books in Sword and Sorcery on Amazon, and like. All five top five books were hers uh, the yeah. other day. I took a screenshot. Like, and she's indie. I mean, think about that. Think about what sword yeah, sorcery yeah. used to be, and mm-hmm. now fantasy romance has the top five spots. Like, holy yeah. cow! And she ju- one of the books just launched yesterday, and the other one launched the week before. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's one area that I do point out is. I actually did technically once got on a, a bestsellers list that, you know, wasn't a actual fake oh, bestseller list. Where we all know what those are. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I got on humor uh, uh, in Amazon's top, uh, I think, third. I think I may have actually hit one there. And oh, nice. it was – oh, yeah. And uh, what got me uh, selling so much more than anything was the audiobook release of my Rules of Supervilling book, which has, I think – Almost five thousand ratings on Audible there, and you know that tops plenty of actual, real quote uh, quote traditionally published books there, and uh, that was just because Amazon had chosen yes, it. That's true. Yes, and <laughs> puts it up on all their like five dollar sales and benefit me. That's completely out of the hands of my publisher or me. <laughs> but you just sometimes luck out on that there, and I think indie book, Audible audiobooks are a, a crap shot whether they'll be ex- extremely good use of your money or extremely good waste of them there but yeah. definitely they benefited me on at least some of my uh, works yeah i think a lot of um traditionally published authors would love to have like ryan Cahill's numbers for example right like mm-hmm. you know in terms of sales in terms of reviews in terms of like i mean there's some indie authors out there that they're just blowing up you know zimel actor like a lot of these a lot of indie authors are you know and a lot of them you don't hear them about them a lot on social media but they're selling like crazy, like A Rain, and there's a bunch that like, you know, they they sell a lot of books, but um, you know, like Neil uh... Stewart, that guy. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I'm just never heard of him. Yeah. I mean, you can go. You know, we have all the books that we hear about there, and then you can go uh, look on Amazon. There's a uh, Expeditionary Force, which has like eleven thousand reviews, and you're just like, that guy just published his own. Uh, book there he made it funny and it re- somehow reached the audience that it did and good for him i made it to uh, 75 on cyber um cyber science fiction cyberpunk for my la- for the last magazine for some reason 
I was like, oh, look. Congrats. I think that Cyber reason being oh. awesomeness. Awesomeness Cy is the reason? It could be. Yes. I, well, I love cyberpunk there, and I, I've turned in so many cyberpunk uh, listings, recommendations, reviews, <laughs> and so on for before we go blog. It's got its own category there that's like all of my listing down there. And so, and it's yeah, such a, a shame there that uh, so aside from the uh, very few uh, numbers there, that is a genre that is either very dead or someone is mislabeled at cyberpunk. <laughs> I was just happy to be like on the Amazon, you know, oh, yes. top 100. Oh, I'm glad I'm that not, it is. I'm there. not an author. So I was so just well any of your so role, well you're an author. <laughs> you qualify yeah. there. If you've written so something, well you're an author. You may not be, a, you may not be a, a wildly read author, but you're an author. That's my view on the subject. But you're an influencer. That's what you yes. are. You are, yeah, big, you are one of those yes, influencers. Big, big time. Yes, a big, big influencer. Time. Famous, big influencer. Famous fantasy reviewist. <laughs> yeah. How many, okay, how many blog, how many blog uh, views did you get last year, Beth? How many what? Blog how many? Uh, views did we get last year? Last year? Close yeah. to 300,000. Oh, yeah. Okay. 400,000, something like that. I'm just saying, you're killing it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah before, before we go, it was we we've kind of slowed down a little bit, but we were doing like forty five thousand hits a month, which is crazy, crazy time, like crazy time. I'm so I'm so proud of our team. Like we're just it's amazing. People are coming to the site and connecting. Collaborative with, effort, right? So huh? collaborative but, effort with everyone yeah. here. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, great team. And the people that are here, so many, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. Who couldn't fit on the screen. I just wanted to comment <laughs> about Drew's comment. It drives me crazy when people in the Lord of the Rings fandom are like, it's not pot. It's it's it's, it's, it's tobacco. Not. And I get that. I get that. But if you if you watch the adaptations, like, come on, guys. <laughs> you can't get mad it's at people crazy. thinking that, that uh, it was pot. Yeah. <laughs> Well, can't find his weed in the South Park. Yeah. <laughs> oh, pipe weed, uh, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's yes. like it's uh, I really don't. You know, aside from you know America, I don't think anyone would actually care otherwise in the country about the difference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say it's it's fun to think of it as pot. How about that? It's fun. Yeah. It's 100%. like well, you know, there there's. It was a very fascinating book that I read when I was like a teenager, which pointed out the fact that uh, George Washington grew lots and lots of hemp there. Is like you know, and the, and the defense is like you know that was for rope, and then they point out the fact that uh, the process he <laughs> making was explicitly to make marijuana. <laughs> Smoke that. Oh, you made the rope wrong. We're just gonna have to burn it all. <laughs> this conversation has come full circle, hasn't it? Yes. Like, that was well, my that was my bad. I brought it back. Apologies. Yes. Pot, pot and uh and books there. As I said, the pot part will outnumber the books significantly there. Have you seen <sighs> the YouTube video of the news reporter who's standing in front of a giant pile of opium that's burning? Like the cops were burning the opium. Oh, that's great. And he stood oh, down wind from it. Oh no, <laughs> oh, no, no. no. And he's like live and he just like Oh yes. Getting slightly <laughs> off of the subject there, and as much as I hate to do that there, uh but let's we're since we're all uh, big fans of Before We Go and we love it, what would you like to see added to Before We Go? Uh to make it an even a uh, better site for being uh, catering to all our uh, fans' fantasy needs. 
I, one of the things that I would love to see is a better connection for reviewers to publicists because like, I, I'm not really good at that, you know, juggling and organizing and stuff, connecting to publicists. I, I try, but I'm not really good at that. And I would love to bring that to the next level. I would love to get everybody the books that they want to read and they want to review beforehand, you know. That's that's definitely something I want to get going at some point, and I want us to oh, get yeah. a before go um, YouTube channel. I think that would be oh, a lot yes. of fun. Yeah. That'd be great. Definitely. Yeah, maybe some more reviewers. You know. I see a comment from JCM Byrne. More reviews of superhero and space opera stories. Sure. I wonder mm-hmm. why he says that. I can't imagine what what what, what I, who would be possibly reviewed on that. Respect, he couldn't right? possibly have any motivation to specify. I love space opera. Like love um, space opera. So. Oh, this is a good. I love space oh, opera. Yeah. I'm gonna read one this summer. I'm very excited. I'll, I'll go get it so I can show you. Oh yeah. I love. Oh, he disappeared. I love space opera as well. There and you know I love. Uh, so I've I I want to put on my TBR list there, and I want to get out there. And uh, you know, there's it's a fantastic genre to break into if you can do it. <laughs> uh, definitely, it's got a big fandom on uh, indie uh, sites there, especially on Amazon. That looks cool. This spell, stellar. Yeah. Oh, Jonathan, yeah. There. That, anyway, that's a great cover. I bought it partly just for the cover, to be honest. Um, but I, I, I read when I go on vacation. I tend to read physical books especially since I tend to be like, I'll sit on the dock in Vermont and just chill with a book uh, or on the screen porch in Vermont. And sometimes there's glare and I don't know, it just feels nice on vacation, but mm-hmm. at, at night I like to read in dark mode while my wife sleeps. Mm. So I don't have a light on to disturb her. Anyway, but enough about me. <laughs> I play Slave the Spire at night a lot when my husband sleeps because I'm an insomniac and uh and I listen to audiobooks while I play Slay the Spire. You know, I've got like 10,000 hours on Slay the Spire. Serious multitasking. <laughs> huh? Serious multitasking there. Yeah. Well, Slay the Spire doesn't take a whole lot of, uh, you know, concentration. It's just sort of mindless moving cards around. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or I shop for books. <laughs> Same. The best I have I have a thing for sprayed edges. Like, give me a sprayed edge. And so I have all of the sprayed edges now. (laughs) So many sprayed edges. I still need to make good on my sprayed edge promise (laughs) of doing it terribly. (laughs) What are you going to spray your edges? Uh, Hamburger. Hamburger. Uh, Hamburger. I'm going to do it badly so that the book doesn't even open because I have no idea how to actually do it. And then I'll, you know, it'll be a limited edition. And then you'll get a second edition that you can probably actually read. I, I swear, if he doesn't do a hamburger, I'm going to learn how to do it. Just make a little hamburger like dancing across the edge. Hamburger. <laughs> Never Did you think you wrote that scene that it would have the uh, far-reaching effect? No, no, no. That, <laughs> that whole thing was like, it was an exercise on my part. I was like, Are you what's, high? The, what's the <laughs> stupidest 
stupidest joke, the lamest joke I can think of. And how can I make it somewhat palatable? Like, okay. <laughs> Literal hamburger. A hamburger Everybody that loves. People. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's it's one of those definite like uh best jokes definitely in the first book I got to tell you I love that book there I haven't talked yeah. enough about Duckett and Dyer there it yeah. oddly reminds me enough of uh, John dies at the end which is another yeah. Gonzo uh, sci-fi book. series super yes. weird yeah yes the weird for its own sake there and I love those uh, two together and. I uh, I remember when you did the April Fool's prank of like you know putting up the upcoming series version and I'm like oh, yeah. no it's not real. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was I got to interview uh, David Wong last oh, year, and oh, that was yeah. a huge thing huge thing for me because I absolutely love John Ties at the End and um, uh, Zoe his Zoe series. Mm-hmm. It was pretty exciting. Yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, just to, just to do some more advertising for one of our uh, number here. As I said, it's about uh, two uh, two uh, friends who uh, become private detectives, except not really. Oh, you're except- talking about you're talking about my book. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> now now we can get you talking, huh? I see there. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Oh yes. No, please uh, go ahead. I want to hear. That's great. There, ahead. it's it's hard to it's hard to describe actually the plot in any way, shape, or form there. Mm-hmm. Uh, weirdness involving multiple realities and detective work and uh, just, you know, the odd couple of uh, the very straight lace one and the very wild and crazy one. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's a formula that works wonderfully. Oh, uh, you didn't mention the hamburgers. I just, <laughs> that, that, that's a nightmarish thing that I tried to uh, blot out from my memory there. Scaring uh, the, uh, me uh, far more than any of the others. Oh. I, I, I love that you put nightmares of, of of being chased by hamburgers trying to eat me. Yes, uh, <laughs> Good you Lord. permanently printed that on my brain, my friend. Isn't I'm that gone. every author's dream? Cthulhu has <laughs> never uh, done uh, as has never reached that kind of Lovecraftian height, my friend. <laughs> so me. I actually I actually used um, GM's Duckett and Dyer's series in a paper in uh, graduate school. And someone literally told me, they said their comment, because we did a peer review thing, and someone actually said, so I don't like that you called it Dicks for Hire. That's really mm-hmm. bad. And my my response was, that's literally the name of the book. How could you possibly and it, and it's not an academic paper of any any sort? Yeah, we I, for, I forget how I, I'd have to go back and find the paper. No, no, no. It, it was, no, it was talking. We were discussing traditional versus self-publishing, and I was like, "Let me tell you about some of the excellent stuff that's out there right now. Some of the most unique and things I never thought I would read." Here's an example. <laughs> but I don't like dicks for hire. You should change the name. No, it's not my book. No. <laughs> Yeah. Apologize, apologize to her for me, but uh, absolutely not. It's not, absolutely not. It's not. It's not going anywhere. No. no. So I was like, I will, take your prudish will, self right off of my page. On your behalf. I was like, take my take your prudish self right off of my peer review page. Thanks. Mm-mm. I love the accent. I, I don't like the same bit. I don't like. It. Just dicks for hire. I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah, dicks should be given freely. 
<laughs> dick for you, dick for you, dick for you. There we go. You gotta make money somehow. <laughs> That's the next installment in the series, GM. <laughs> Dicks for everybody. Dicks for free. Dicks for free. <laughs> Money for that, nothing that, and your dicks oh for really and an amount. <laughs> that that oh gift God. with the with the hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yes. GM, that's your next promo item. Little like stress ball dicks. Just oh. the hot dog gift. You're the winner. Flying uh, hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> No competition. <laughs> Guys, you really got Steve. I haven't seen him laugh like that. <laughs> welcome, welcome to Snazzy Moose. You have a great time. Sorry, Steve. Here goes your monetization. Uh, but yeah, I think it was gone a while ago. Wait, what are we talking about? I don't know. We're talking we're all, about all just your paper, your academic yes. paper. No, 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 we were talking. We were, we're talking, talking about. about we're talking about whether or not Dick should be a free resource or <laughs> subsidized in some way. Social Dick socialism. Dickalism. Free Dick. Yeah. <laughs> We were so well behaved for so yeah, long. That, that took a turn. Yeah. That just took a turn. Okay, let's let's, 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 let's ostensibly try to return to what our actual discussion is about. Chat, by the way. Like, this okay. is a running chat every day, this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Here's a question. Let's yes. see. Which, which, which do you prefer to review more on before we go? Indie or uh, traditional? What did you say? Let's go with, you know, an, an actual question question, you know, just to pretend this is actually professional. Uh, yeah. Which, which do you prefer to review on uh, before we go there? Uh, read or uh, review? Do you, indie or professional, which is more important to you? Indy. Indy. Yeah. Indy. Yep. I think there's I a think more a, a, bit of a, mix. a bigger effect. Thanks, hot oh, yeah. More. So you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. So it for me, I mean, not only do I think that the the indie market just offers so much so much variety, but let's face it, traditional people do have a public a, a PR marketing team, even yeah. if that that's just you know, someone designates one person to do it, that's still one person that the author is not having to do their job. And yeah, I, I feel like, I feel like it's my job to help push those indie people and, and do, do really take some of the pressure off of them, y'all. Yeah, I, I look at the books as the same, an indie book, a traditional book, they're all the same. However, I think when it comes to exposure, obviously, yeah, indies need a bit more for the most part, I would say, unless you're someone like you're in the the Will White category, et cetera. Yeah, you you know that helping hand just means a lot, right? So, um, you know, if like like I would say, like if you if you if you write a 
I don't know what they're doing, PL. I'm listening. Was it it helping hand thing? Was that was that what it was? (laughs) Connor entered the chat in 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 all caps. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, Yeah. So as as I was saying, yeah, I think um, (laughs) I think uh, I think if you you know, there's there's a gazillion reviews on name your big traditionally published book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Brandon Sanderson, you know, books, they have a lot of reviews. They're all over the place, you know, but an indie book, uh, that could be the difference between make or break of their career, potentially if someone like sure. Before I Go Blog, which is a popular blog site, puts up a review of this book and suddenly people discover it and it can be a big right. deal. So, Yeah, I know. I, I have to say that bloggers and reviewers have um, handed me uh my career i like i i can't even imagine trying to do it without the support um so um i feel like if i'm whether i'm reviewing indie or um a big publisher the tone is a little bit different like i feel like i connor and i did a a joint review on a, a very large um um trade author recently for uh, Fanfy Addict. And so that was more like an essay, kind of um, more free form, I think, because it's like, Dennis Lahaney is not going to see my review. <laughs> so whatever we say, it's, it's between us and the community. Whereas um, when I'm thinking about what I want to say about indie books, I'm, I know the author, um, is likely gonna watch or or see it and so there's more of an awareness of um <clears throat> the weight of responsibility and that's not to say that um indie authors should be removed from bad reviews that's that's somebody else's job it's not mine i don't feel like it is um and maybe it's because i'm an author so i i feel like even though it didn't work for me, I, it's not my place to discuss it because it's going to work for somebody else. <laughs> I, I have I have a policy that maybe people in the review world would think is unfair, but simple put After there, if it's not a four or five you, star Joe. review, I just don't publish it. I just I, yeah. I have that view. I you know anonymity anonymity be their uh, judgment, so to speak. There, I, I'll talk about the books I love or yeah, like at least at the very least. There, I don't need to take my time trashing someone else down there exactly I, yeah. i've never yet come across a book that is so offensive to me that i need to talk about mm-hmm. it and so if it's not working for me it's just it's it's not my place let it it i can't tell somebody else how to write their story and if it didn't work for me that's me that's that's not their mm-hmm. it's not their their burden and so and it's some bloggers have a totally different attitude about it um I know I've watched some of Taylor's rant reviews and like laughed deliciously. <laughs> um, and, but I, I don't know. I just, I can't, life's too short for me to finish books that I'm not going to give four stars right. or more to, um, especially since I'm reading them at a rate of a single digit <laughs> a year. <laughs> um, but also there's just this, there's like a shared pain of like, Man, I can't do this to somebody else. I just, I, I can't. But oh yeah. So it, it yeah. I, 
having published something changes how I see books that I, even if I don't like them, I can still say mm-hmm. like, you, you put your heart on your on this page, and I respect it, and I'm I'm just gonna leave leave it to somebody else. Yeah, I try I'm, to do the same thing. I try to be as a as objective as you can be in, yeah. in, in reviewing an art, I guess. Yeah, I, so. I, I definitely am honest there, but if I, if an author gives me a copy of their book there, I give my private thoughts there and say, like, I'll share right. them if you want me to there. And yeah, I admit, I've actually benefited from some bad reviews in the past, actually, because there's no such thing as uh, as good publicity, yeah. as long as you're not saying, as long as it's professional, as I said, if someone absolutely hates my book, I will share the hell out of it because that could I actually mean, be its own advertising. Yeah, every time somebody says there's too much smut in this book, I always get a little sales bump. So like, <laughs> oh yes, okay. oh yes, I my I actually save all of my one star reviews that say like, yeah. this is nothing more than the homosexual agenda or the <laughs> too many gay people in this book. There is like liberal yeah. porn. They hate the Second Amendment for Christians, and I'm like, right, well, damn, they caught what me. The hell are you talking? Yeah. About? Bad reviews are my marketing tool. I make my own. (laughs) You you do it so well too. Like your 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 marketing is so tongue in cheek and so self aware. And (laughs) you, I I get a kick out of out of out of your your Twitter feed. That's all Twitter's good for is these one liners nowadays. (laughs) And luckily, that's just my bag. I think this is such an interesting group to ask that question to, though, because almost everyone lives in this liminal space Mm -hmm. of being a reviewer and an author. You know, I myself and I know Steve as well. We might be the only ones here who don't occupy both of those spaces. We're both strictly on the review side. And then if you go to like larger booktube, a lot of those people don't deal with indie. So there's that personal connection, that feeling that we're discussing or being aware of it. A lot of people don't yeah. have that. So it's so interesting to be on BookTube because I'm I'm kind of, I started more on just the reviewer space and those, those bigger kind of channels that don't deal with indie. So I'm still there, but I'm also yeah. here now. So I like hearing how the two different conversations happen. It's, it's interesting. I, I want to I want to speak a little bit to the experience of being an author uh, and also a blogger uh, judging Spiffbo uh, because that oh, was yeah. what that happened was, was yeah. so this year. Yeah. So, yeah. so write, writing a cut. First of all, when I write a review for the blog, uh, I, I always try to include, you know, the things that didn't work for me and explanation of why. Um, Sometimes if I'm writing something on Goodreads, just like I don't have time to write a full review, I'll just um, I'll just write, you know, a short thing that's mostly just like, you know, positive. But I don't necessarily include the things that didn't work for me. But if I write a full review for the blog, I try to be a little more detailed, including some things that might be a little more negative. Um, But anyway, when it comes to Spiffbo, especially with a cut, you felt like you had to explain, like, this is why we had to cut it uh, and what didn't work for me. And I I was like, I'm going to say some things that are, you know. That are going to hurt somebody's feelings, and really it might be it might be wrong. I mean, in the sense that this is what my experience of this book was, but I'm sure that other people will not have it. So I tried very hard yeah. to say, if you like X and Y, you're going to love this book. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like Z in this book, so yeah. if you don't like Z, then maybe like it's not going to work for you. I don't know. And what I noticed is that after each cut review, uh, there was a you know bloggers who came and like, wow, this sounds like just a book for me, and they would mm-hmm. you know they would talk about it. And, and I feel like I helped yeah. to sell the author books 
even though there were some things about it that didn't work for me. And so like I, that was what I, that's the goal of Smithbow, right? Is to raise the visibility of books and find readers for books they might not otherwise have heard of. Uh, but it was very hard. But in the event, in the yeah. end, I felt like it worked out okay. Like nobody was like, oh my God, you cut right. me, you dick. They were all like, oh, like, oh, thank you so much for the review. Like, like you, you should do. And it was all good. Well, listen, oh, yeah. Dan and I, Dan and I back channel agonized over some of, because we had several books that we both read. Oh, and, and we, we agonized over some of like, you know, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. What's, oh, I feel so bad. We did a lot of this like pearl clutching would feel so it's bad. because Not we had we way. had so many good books yeah, yeah. so many good books like they were none of them more books I, you that wanted was to really no. that was really hard hard for me like if, um wait did, yeah. whitney you were the one that read envy twice weren't you like because mm -hmm. that book was so charming that that book it was just so it, fun it's just yeah so effortless in its um in the humor like humor Humor's hard. Yes, <laughs> I, oh. I really admire. It. <laughs> I, I, I said those. I said those lines out yeah. loud. I delivered those, yeah. and it kept like you know, tried to imprint them on my brain so that I could use them yeah. in real life. Oh yeah. So yeah. This is from a perspective as an indie author rather than an indie reviewer. There, but one thing you should definitely uh, take heed of is uh, a rising tide lifts all boats, especially in the indie yeah. market. There. Mm -hmm. Uh, the only way you're going to succeed there's with rare uh, one in a million chances is if you're working with your fellow indie authors there to get to you all your markets there. The thing about indie authors is you don't buy one book and stop uh, yeah, or sorry, yeah. indie readers. Uh, right. you, their dedicated readers are going to read like five, ten or uh, many books there as they can there, at least as I can afford. And uh, you can definitely appeal to their fan base and they can appeal to yours and everyone wins there. And this is why you should keep good uh, contact with your fellow authors. And uh, one good turn can and do enough. Some authors, I sadly do plenty of favors for, who don't seem to uh, quite get that, and it hurts them in the long run. I think also, like, as respect for the space grows, so too does our readership burst mm -hmm. out of its um, the boundaries. And, and we see that even, even in the short time that I've been here, it feels like... Um, the public perception of what what it means to be self-published or indie has has started to shift to um, more in line with indie music than um Vandy and so Prince. like it right and so right. it's a it's a space that people go to find um new stuff rather than a space that was um you know as soon as a couple of years ago really really deeply disrespected which has been really amazing to watch from the inside. Just, it feels like people have put in a lot of uh, fight to get that respect. Um, some warriors in the, in, in the community have been fighting for a really long time so that we can be here and talk about how awesome Indy is. Yeah, no, yeah. And definitely a shout out to people like Beth who have <laughs> yeah. helped uh, make that happen. So yeah. Kudos to Beth for that. Um, as well, I, I really noticed it in terms of, and you know, and no disrespect to my traditionally published authors friend, of which we all have, but yeah. I see now more. It's like when I first came to social media, it was like the indie authors kind of congregated together, and there was a couple of of traditionally published authors that you know just were it, were all authors and they they act like that. But now I see more and more traditionally published authors. You know, congregating. There's more like, people jumping back and forth between yeah. the two options, and then there's oh, just yeah. there's more friendships between the yeah. two, especially yeah. as uh, as podcasters oh, yeah. are are blowing up. They'll oh, invite 
um, people onto panels from both kind of indiscriminately. And so from any given panel, yeah. there'll be a whole oh, yeah. um, assembly I've... of different experiences, which has been really cool to watch and be a part of. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's and also, yeah. So shout out to, to these podcasters. Yeah, shout out to Steven <laughs> Taylor, especially. Hey, Steven uh, Taylor. Steven Taylor for, yeah. for what they do. And they... It's also yours. It's especially fun when you actually meet an author that you read and are a fan of there, and you become uh, kind of associates and friends there, and there's a, yeah. a certain level of respect. One of the coolest things that happened to me is, as I said five or six years ago is I became pretty good friends with Richard Knack, who is the author of uh, some Dragonlance and World of Warcraft books oh, wow. and so on there. And it's like, wow. whenever we, we talked, I was playing it cool, and I kept on trying to, like, when am I going to blow up and reveal that I used to read you when I was 14? Ah! <laughs> Did you? Yes, I did. There, that was the whole point. There is, I, uh, I was uh, being like, "Oh, Richard Knack." There is, I said, "I wonder if it's the Richard Knack." And I'm like, "Wait, how many other Richard Knacks are in the area?" <laughs> uh, but you know, I'm, I'm that's gonna... a thing that a lot of us can relate to. As I said, you know, we're all authors now. We're becoming more aware of uh, the frustrations of the industry, so to speak. There is a lot of traditional publishers have dipped their toes more into the indie. Uh, self-published market there, not just because they have their own fandoms there, but, but a lot of the practices have been kind of crooked too. And unfortunately, as an indie author, the biggest re uh, piece of advice I can give you is uh, not going to be about uh, how to write, but sadly, trust no one. <laughs> unless they are, unless they, unless you get someone to uh, vouch uh, for any service or uh, editor or, or publisher or, or advertising group, then do not use them just ignore them there. There are, are way too many uh, crooks out there and any other There's a lot of predatory stuff. Yeah. I, I have to yeah, bow that's out. That's another the reason for the, for authors there to yeah. help what? one another because, yeah. yeah Otherwise, okay. my, my brain is crashing, but uh, thank you very much for having me on. And, we love you, Dan. Uh, see you all. See you all. Nice to see you again. Around the sphere. I'm about to leave myself there. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks right, for thank coming. You. It's awesome. Right, You're great. Bye. Bye, Dan. Bye. So I, you know, I've gotten, I've been starting to do lots of interviews. And um, in the beginning, when I was doing the interviews, I was completely spellbound. Like, these are authors I've been reading my whole life. Oh, my God. But I think, I think I've taken it that they're just people doing stuff. Yeah. Just cool people doing stuff. Yeah. We're all just people doing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some yeah. more than others. No more than others. <laughs> more which, than one, which, which are you? <laughs> I'm not doing oh, anything. I, I love the indie uh, music and indie publishing uh, comparison there. That's a great thing there. Not going yeah. to pretend uh, that it's uh, all the cool hip thing to mm -hmm. do now, be an indie author. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like it. I, I find I notice... Um, Anytime some kind of music trend is growing around and I try to participate, I realize how, how very indie I am because nobody ever knows what <laughs> artists I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. So it, 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 it spills into all genres for me. It does. I'm, I'm the same way. Like Spotify yeah. has been really, really oh, yeah. big for me because it's introduced me to so many different um, yeah. singers and stuff. I think it's easy to forget how insular, well, I mean, not just the book community, music community as well, if you're into indie music, but how insular yeah. the, the book community is, because I'll, we'll get someone on page toing and I'm like, oh my God, like I'm really excited. And my parents are like, great, who the hell is that? Like, I, I'm happy for you, but 
I don't, I can't yeah. share your excitement. And I'm like, I, I don't understand. Yeah, so get my husband my is always like, he's like, give me a celebrity that matches the rank of this person in the book world. So I can imagine how excited I should be for you. You know, like, I, I like that he's okay. meeting you in, in like in a context that he can understand. That's he's like, is this Beyonce? Well. Is this, you know, Rihanna? Like, who are we talking here? <laughs> you know, I will use that next time. I'm talking yeah, to my family because I'm like, I'm interviewing this person. And they're like, that's cool. It's good to have a person. I don't understand. Right? It's the Beyonce of the book world. Now, the assignment is that we need to figure out celebrity equivalents for everybody. So, Oh, yes. And um, it feels like it feels, it, it feels, it almost feels disingenuous. You're trying to, like, you know, say, okay, well, this person is more important than this. Like, it, but at the same time, I guess, you know, like technically those those kind of markers yeah. are attached to yeah, certain we, people, we right? Do I, I wouldn't be helpful for that anyway, because all I know is the indie, indie scene in every uh, art form. <laughs> so like, is Stephen King Beyonce? Is that is that like <laughs> the girl across I would say maybe. So it would be someone like He's like a Carrie's grand grand was still alive. He's the Rolling Stones kind of guy of that point there. You you we do the decade there, so we need an author for like the nineties. Okay. Scale all the way down to Gary Juice. I call Gary No one can touch. Maybe you talk about. I would say maybe Mass or someone on that level might be the. Okay. Like Sarah J. Mass or even like because it's not in the fantasy group, but Colleen Hoover, if you look at her yeah. reach, oh, yes, she's, she's absolutely yeah. everywhere. Yeah. I haven't read yeah. any of her work, but Brandon Sanderson would be the edge here, and Sanderson is, is, I think Brandon Sanderson is he's he's in his own little category, like just yeah, based I, on what he does, like he's uh, kind of. He, I gotta say that Brandon Sanderson has achieved a level of notoriety that very few other authors are. That someone felt the need to write an entire magazine article about how much he sucks just because he's so popular. <laughs> we yeah. should all be that lucky. <laughs> but then you have writers like George R. R. Martin, like who you because of a lot of things, not even his books, because of the, the show, he mm -hmm. is like a household name, right? Yeah, because yeah. of all of his shows like he's a household name. And there's not a lot of fancy writers that are household names. Most people have okay. heard of Game of Thrones. Even if you have not, no involvement whatsoever with fantasy, you heard of it, and that's his. So, Witcher too. Yeah, Witcher. yeah. Kowski, yeah. I don't know that that came from. I was a fan but before it was Kowski. cool. <laughs> well, the video game, the video game was probably bigger than the show. The video game was huge. The right? video but, game is bigger than the books. Yeah, and bigger than books, and like he didn't make a lot of money from, unfortunately, from, uh, from, from, uh, from the certainly the the TV show, but um, I don't know about the books, but. Yeah, it's 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 funny to, but in the indie world, we all know those big names, you know, like you know the Michael R. Fetchers and the the, the Rob Hayes, and you know, like we know all these names, right? So, mm -hmm. it's also because they're so productive too, mm -hmm. like Ben yeah. Galley. Yeah, that book's at a crazy pace. Yeah, and same thing with Fletcher and. Uh, well, CT puts out a hell heck of a lot of books. Yeah, I mean, him too. You know, CT. <laughs> well, I, I benefited from the fact I tend to write short little uh, books there, not the big 800. <laughs> <laughs> 
door stoppers that, you know, are the point. And sometimes my books get put out a little too quickly there, as I said, because as an indie author, I also suggest you pace yourself and leave time for marketing before you get on to the next one. Well, that said, I mean, most people have heard of Crystal, CT, and GM. In the, in the circles I roll in, they've all... Oh, well, that's great. GM, all... stop making faces. Yeah, and, you, you know, too. hey, you know, your books is... Uh, you, I'm yeah, going to get your books next, actually. Yeah. But... Yeah. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah, GM's modest. Making... He was an SBF SC finalist. He's a oh, modest yeah. guy, it's, but... Uh, Spacebo. 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 Space. Space face. Space, face. Space, face. I like space face. <laughs> <It's>, space. <laughs> it is forever known as I'm, it's space bow for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of curious since we have so many, you know, indie authors here, what you think about Kickstarter and the role it's starting to play in the indie space? Because as someone who pretty things are my kryptonite you know that's what i spend money on if a book is pretty i'm like ooh, you know even if i haven't read it and so kickstarter is full of all the pretty things now especially for indie i go with the very simple short uh, short and sweet uh nice money if you can get it yeah 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 Yeah, you have to be careful with kickstarter math and make sure you're actually leaving room for a profit although that being said um um the the two that I was a part of were kind of um, blew me away <laughs> as far as how um, there seems to be an audience specifically on Kickstarter um, that we don't we're not aware of while we're on Twitter and and our respective markets. Um, and then as soon as we make the jump into Kickstarter, there seems to be people that are are on that platform specifically looking for books that they want. So it you have to be mindful of your math, but if you can um, if you've got the management skills for it, I think it's gonna be an amazing platform. And like Zach, Zach Argyle funded in 18 minutes um, this week. So <laughs> it's just it's it's gonna it's gonna make it's, it's a platform that's going to make um, production values accessible to us, which is so exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, and, there's a thing there to note about Kickstarter is, you know, we, we hear about the successes, but also to be a, very aware of the ones that don't uh, make their success there or uh, and uh, also to let a certain level of let the buyer beware. It's not a solution for the high production values yeah. required for a lot of things there, but it can be uh, very helpful to those who actually know how to pull it off and succeed and get out the word. I know, uh, I know a friend, a couple of authors I've worked with there that run very successful comic books uh, for 10, 12 issues, um, entirely funded by Kickstarter for every issue, and it worked out for them. Uh, yeah. You know, never otherwise would be able to do it. Uh, but I also know people that uh, did have big plans uh, for Kickstarter there, and they just. One two dollars shy, and you know the, the whole thing became. That's got a sting, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Really close. Yeah. But it, I think the Zach's. Um, what am I going to say? Zach's strength is that he had his trilogy finished, and mm-hmm. kind of he had market proof that it was um, popular. <laughs> And then, oh, yeah. so when he when he shifted into Kickstarter, he I think it's an omnibus, isn't it? For all yeah, it's an it's an omnibus. But then but, Zach also does 
so many fantastic things in the community. He's philanthropic oh, yeah. things. We love right? him. <laughs> right? So yeah. he just, I mean, if you're someone who, but I guess the, you know, having the popularity is huge and the notoriety yeah. of your series. But I also think, you know, let's face facts. You know, we're all indie authors and there's some things that we're naturally good at and there's some things we have to learn. And some yeah. people are naturally better at running a Kickstarter than others. So I think, oh, yeah. I think you know, that's something to, you know, I think to CT's point that, um, you know, if, you, if you're going to do this, you need to do your homework. And yeah. there's a lot of work that goes into doing Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, say, for example, if you're like Crystal, you've been part of anthologies. If you have yeah. people on your team that are really good with that stuff, let them do it. You know what I mean? Like, help yeah. them. But, but let them take the lead. Yeah, like, people the Holly. Get and, your Holly uh, Tinsley's and your Virginia McLean's. Virginia, yeah. Um, get, I was only, yeah. I was only like, peripherally involved um, in uh, the Alchemy of Sorrow. Like, I was, I was the pinch hitter for occasional help. Um, but um, Virginia and Intasar were absolute powerhouses um handling that and i feel like just watching them deal with it i learned a lot about it, it's you know don't be fooled it's a lot of work i'm it's sure zach work. argyle in his 18 minutes um that that was a lot of work um yeah. but if you if you have the outgoing personality for it i think um it's it's a star maker for sure yeah. adrian yeah. is super good okay yes yeah Adrian is is the the owner of GDM. Yeah. He's oh Adrian, okay. Super good. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of the wrong Adrian. <laughs> yeah, he's super good at Kickstarters. That's actually part of the reason why we we split um, GDM up a little bit, and I took over doing the magazine because I loved doing the magazine. I had done some guest issues where I created like the the experience, you know, the theme of the issue. <laughs> And enjoyed it. Oh, that's, that's another level I was going to comment on there and praise to you, uh, Beth, there. Uh, indie markets uh, for uh, books have been st very strongly helped by taking advantage of social media to create uh, their own independent publications. Their Grimdark mm -hmm. magazine is the thing I see on the backs of books now, yeah. citing as like, this yep. is a great book, Grimdark yeah. magazine. And yeah. that's a, about how their influence <laughs> the be. Yeah, social media has has been that you are the people are involved are actually wielding disproportionate influence for you know how I at least consider ourselves there, and I see that for before we go blog as well. There, it's a place that I know a lot of people do check out and have important yeah. things aside there, and it's not always immediately visible because you know you only get uh, five uh, you know however many uh, rate uh, views on the main book there, but you know. You uh, have uh, the page articles reprinted on things like Reddit and so on there, and mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands of people could read that there. Mm -hmm. You know, just you know, has to be republished on the hellscape that is Reddit, which is only a slightly the, higher level of hellscape yeah. than uh, Twitter. <laughs> I, I will not. I can't do Reddit. It's too, way too stressful. Oh my god, it stresses me out so much. <laughs> There's such yeah. many Same. people. Yeah, Reddit, Reddit. I I, I, yeah. I, 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 I check on there once in a while, but I, I just, I can't. I can't. Uh, I, I, I'm already I, social media tapped, though, but as it is. I, 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 I definitely love uh, that Reddit can provide me many, many extra sales there if I do it mm -hmm. properly there. But it's like uh, working one of those traps in Indiana Jones there, you know? Uh, the penitent man is humble, kneels before the... <laughs> <laughs> 
So just really quickly, wanted, wanted to give a, a, quick, a big thanks to John Palandino. Yeah. Thank you, John. That's yes. very, very generous. Very Thank very you so much. John. You didn't have to do that. Thank you very much, John. But really yeah. appreciate it. And also, yeah. uh, Whitney, I believe you have another commitment that we have to uh, let you go. Oh, I'm really tired. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm that's, that's so lame. But thank you all for letting me join in. And um, you know, I'll be sure to catch the the follow the, the finale of this episode tomorrow. And you guys get done. Awesome. Yeah. Thank this you so much. much Great to see you. Yeah, yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah. It's nice to so see. Nice to put like real faces yep. to real names. It's awesome. Right? No, I'm thanks. just an actor. You're just an actor? Okay. The real Charles is an AI algorithm. You're all dramatizations of yourselves? Great. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you later. Good night, Whitney. Right. Take care. Bye. I was saying one of the cool, the cool parts about being involved in Wolf and Before We Go is that they they operate in different spheres. Like, you know, you've got the readers that read heavy, grim, dark, and they read a certain kind of book, and then you've got a bigger type of reader for Before We Go, and they kind of like a Venn diagram. And so, you know, like I can post over there and then a week later post on before we go and it's double the coverage. It's reaching more folks. And that has always been, you know, CT's done that too. Um, Jody's done that where she's posted over there. And then a couple weeks later as it's died down a little bit, posted over on before we go. And it's worked out great because it's not the same audience. Uh One thing that I really admire... With, so, with, sorry, I was just going to respond to a comment, Rachel. Uh, you just got to team up with somebody who's got the personality. <laughs> you've got to you've got to find somebody that's got the drive, and then work together. <laughs> you have to get adopted by an extrovert, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Big big and, shout, uh, especially to sorry, Steve. Go ahead. No, I was just to say, uh, Rachel, you're welcome anytime. So let it, let me know if you want to come on. There you go. Yeah, I'll say a big shout out to Beth too. But one thing that I really admire what Beth does is she encourages um, us to uh, have uh, different views from different bloggers on the same book. Yeah. And you know, I think that's unique within the the from what I've seen within the the blogging sphere. And I think it really works because you know I've seen some fantastic reviews on the same book by different people in our right. blog, and it's just like wow, it's it's like you know learning things about the book you didn't see in the first review. And vice versa. So yeah, I think it's awesome. Different perspectives. Yeah. I think different. Yeah, well, and I think also like people's people's memories, uh, especially on a place like um, Twitter, people's memories are really short. So yep. seeing two reviews of the same book, like that's not a bad thing. That's mm-hmm. that convinces them to check it out, especially if they see something they like. I love. We have you know six reviews for some books and seven reviews yeah. from other books and our entire oh, yeah. team has reviewed other books and i think that's great oh yeah, yeah. i love uh, yeah. reading multiple reviews of a single book there especially from the same site because you get a, a base start uh, that's similar but you know everyone has different uh, things they like or dislike about that whole thing and yeah you get a rounder is- impression of what mm-hmm. you might expect oh, oh yeah. <laughs> i'm really glad it worked out uh for him I think he'll be he'll end up with the same cover artist that did the Thomas Howard Riley's covers, so we can expect some amazing things. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen him and around. Buzzard Bowl, Buzzard Much. Bowl looks so good. Thomas Howard Riley. Yeah, he's he, he, he just, just had a baby. Yeah, he just had a baby, right? 
So, how dare he? I know. He should be paying more attention to us. <laughs> He's very entertaining. How dare he? Yeah. This has been really great, guys. It's been a lot of fun. I've been looking forward to this, you know, chatting with the with the team. All week. Yeah. It's really, really wonderful. And I wasn't I, nervous, I, which was totally different than normal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I hate to, uh, I hate to, you are back, our rock I... there. We are all alike flows from the, your tower. <laughs> yeah. <Now> nervous tower. <laughs> I hate to, uh, hate to circle back to this again, but I really want to hear GM's pot story. I've been, I've oh, been, it's, yeah. oh, yes. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Well, it's, it's very similar. It's very, very similar to CT's. It's, it's almost identical. But, <laughs> Um, okay, so here goes. I was invited to a bachelor party upstate. It wasn't a wild party. We were just a group of friends hanging out at a house upstate um, in New York. We were in Rochester, just outside Rochester. Um, So when everybody got there, uh, one of the guys who flew in from Colorado bought a bunch of, like, weed gummies and stuff. And he told everybody, hey... These are like Starburst. They look like Starburst sour gummies, but they're 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 weed gummies. If you guys want some, just let me know. It's fine. And he told everybody, and that was that. I came a day late because I was uh, I was on a work trip, so I flew flew from like Dublin and took a took like an extra day. So I got there uh, a day late after the explanation had been given. And the one thing you should know about me is that I really like sour gummy shit. Oh, no. No. A bag full of <sighs> Starburst sour gummies. And I was like, this is fantastic. Delicious. This is this is my jam. I'll just have, there's, there's only a couple. I'll just have one. And so I ate one. And then I was like, no, I can't just have one. Oh, I, like, no. I need to eat a, I think I ate about four or five oh, no. um, um eventually uh. i was told that you were supposed to eat maybe half of one oh, yeah. no. uh, so i uh four or five so time goes by and uh i'm i'm feeling a little weird so i just like okay i'm just gonna go take a nap uh and i i ended up clutching the bedpost for dear life and uh sort of spiraling into anxious paranoia for like oh oh, oh yes six um, hours yeah but if i hadn't like figured it out something told me halfway through my psychosis like maybe i ha- maybe the gummies were not the good kind of gummies oh yeah but if i hadn't come to that realization uh i i would have literally lost my mind oh yes um, I, I stayed in the bedroom for like six hours and the way my friends tell it they were like uh they didn't they didn't notice for a while they didn't notice for a while and then someone asked hey is uh and like uh no i think he went to take a nap and then and then like 10 15 20 minutes later the guy who brought the gummy said hey a couple of my gummies are missing did anybody uh uh, eat them and they were like no i don't i don't think i did everything's fine and then an hour later they were like hey has anybody seen ganesh and then again 
And then like a sitcom, they were like, oh, oh shit. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Oh, so yeah. It... Come in and uh, find oh, me yeah. in distress. Uh, oh, yeah. Which is, which is lovely. Uh, it was it was definitely it was definitely a special treat there for me because uh, of course it was my first experience with it all there was like oh, yeah. why is everything mine vibrating <laughs> mine too first and last so uh, that yeah. really, there's no there's it no is, better anti drug than a shitload of drugs really? oh yes um, I'm gonna say <laughs> that your story trip. was better than mine yes uh, much more uh, oomph to it there as Dramatic, a, a party yeah. Yeah. It's it's very it's very similar to my story because yep. I had three cookies, right? Oh. And I'm a complete lightweight, and I had no idea what I was doing. We just we just bought a ton of cookies because it became legal here, mm -hmm. you know, ah. or it was in Portland. We bought a ton of cookies and it became legal in Portland, and and so you know, I ate one, didn't feel anything. I ate another, you know. Oh. And and then I'm like, wow, I am hungry. And so I go into the <laughs> kitchen. And I'm like eating shit out of the fridge, you know, hot sauce. <laughs> and then I'm like, this is a, this is, this is weird. And then I started spinning around. And I couldn't figure out how to get out of the kitchen. It was a little kitchen. Okay? And then I started getting all paranoid. So I went, went and laid down and um, started hallucinating that I was a rat in Nim. You guys mm. see that? Oh. You just unlocked a memory. The memory, the dreams are real. Yeah, yeah, that was that was like three or four hours of me being locked in a cage as a random man, you know. It's not it's not pot, but it was, you know, it was university. So I tried some things. And I it wasn't Nim, but I remember looking out the window and I saw I don't know if you guys know Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, the the um Ghibli movie. I looked out the window and I saw the big giants from that, and I was like, I think something's kicking in because that can't that can't be what I think it is. So yeah, I, it wasn't pot, but I've had something like that. <laughs> well, now you need to tell us what it was. All of my accidental drug stories are, are also much heavier <laughs> than yeah. just pot. Yeah. Yeah, it was, All it, of my stories just... are, I thought I was only smoking pot, and it turned out it was <laughs> other <Surprise>. things. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I, I feel so good telling that to PL. Oh yes, uh, in my in my wife's case, there as I said, she's uh, she's a, quite a good uh, expert on recreational uh, drug use. There as I said, like, and I'm like, no, I I don't think I like pot. And it's like everyone loves pot, Charles. It's just one bad experience. Try it again. It's like that's not how it works, cat. No. I'll be right back. Sorry. No, it's funny. I, I I've never tried uh, alcohol. Is my is my advice, but I've never actually tried. I remember one of you, believe it or not, at my age. But uh, yeah, also, no. I... With with your um, particular career, it's probably yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I have colleagues that I know that that use it. So I mean, I'm not I'm not judging, man. I just I guess alcohol is a now. drug. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alcohol is a drug, so I'm not. Believe me, I'm not being hypocritical. I like to drink. I like to drink a lot. So that's that's all good. Yeah, uh, me too. It's all good. I think it uh, also goes with what goes with your your body chemistry. 
you know, yeah. for me. I, yeah. I definitely tried pot many times thinking I would like I, it, but I'm very much like CT. It just doesn't, just doesn't, it makes, you know, it, like where it I live, it's legal, tired. it just doesn't. Like, I, 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 it, I probably had a different relationship with it when I was younger, but now at this point in my life, it's like, if I wanted to take a nap, I would just go take a nap. I, I'm good. Yeah. I don't need, I, I don't need to smoke something to go lie down. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I have a funny. Yeah. I have a funny story from recently. Ooh, my okay. my husband is a a um a consumer of a lot of pot because he has narcolepsy, and it um helps him get to sleep. You know, and he has something called the Starship, which is this, and he was all excited about it. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, let me see it. And so I, you know. I clicked it a couple times and I, I took a puff on it and, and then I kept dragging it through and his eyes just went from little to bigger to bigger to bigger. It's, oh my God, what have you done? And it's because it's it's three cartridges at once. I had no idea what I did. But I spent the next 12 hours in bed. I just, I was, That's just know. a cute version of the story there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, but not, not like ill, just... Unable to I get think that officially that. makes it. We've talked more about drugs than we have about books on this. Uh. <laughs> I'd say it was a pretty good balance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's not not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Got to talk about something. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <sighs> Steve talks drugs. <laughs> <laughs> That's your third channel, Steve. You got books, you got movies. And then Steve There's going to be like a, a, a collaboration channel between Whiskey and Books and Steve Talks. Could and it that. just like there we slides go. into. You're onto something, Crystal. I like that. Steve Talks we'll talk about dot, 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 and books. We'll Don't give him more, ideas. He'll do it. More books, <laughs> I'm, I'm more books out, with yeah. substances in them. <laughs> Did we mention Doom? Doom counts as books with substances in them. Oh, yeah. No game. Yeah. Doom, we yes. failed no, the Doom. test true. that we missed true. that one. True. True. That's, that's yeah. the idea. I'm excited about the second half of Doom coming out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, Doom is like a whole lot of wind up to a, a great end. But you got to oh, get that's the thing there. Because, you know, as a, as a longtime Dune fan, they're part of the. The really funny thing is uh, almost all adaptions and uh, people are talking about, they're only ever talking about the first book. And the mm -hmm. second book and the third book, especially, to a lesser extent at this point, completely changed the meaning of the first book. Yeah, I didn't get that far. Yeah, I know. I'm not going to spoil anything for you there. It's just one of those things like where you, you know, it'd be very interesting for them to ever adapt uh, the uh, sequels there because uh, I think it's going like, to, actually. I think uh, Denny Villeneuve is planning to do children and Oh, really? Well, let's let's hope they're able to pull it off there, because I'd, I'd be very interested in Dean, because I I can definitely there's original story uh from Frank Herbert apparently talk, brought the book to his publisher. He says like, yeah, you need to cut this last third of the book uh, out of the book. There is like, is it, oh, is it too long? He says like, no, because the book becomes incredibly fucking depressing otherwise. <laughs> well, if you just end it here, it's really uplifting and cool. <laughs> I'll say no more on that end. I'm what a fake SFF fan. I haven't read or watched Dune, so oh, I yeah. struggled through reading Dune, but I really like the movie. Yes, yeah. I prefer the yeah, David version because I just love it being absolutely off the wall insane. 
<laughs> I'm I'm looking forward to the movie because Daddy Oscar. Yeah, well, yeah. Daddy Oscar. Who's <laughs> your daddy? It's a, it's I a, mean, Oscar Isaac. That's not the guy. I mean, he died. I broke Steve again. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Doesn't crack me up. Uh, but I wanted to know from the authors what what is everyone working on before we uh, before we wrap up. Do you want to go first, Jim? Oh, sure. I'm working on just taking a break. <laughs> but uh, I, I put out like my the first three books, uh, the the Duck and Dyer books, and now I'm taking a break. But I have several little little projects going on in the background, all Duck and Dyer related. Trying to work wow. on a choose your own adventure that is still canon to the entire series somehow and uh a, a alternate universe D version of uh, of a of a short story novella uh that also fits in the the same universe but um i think the next big thing would be the the fourth book the curse of hitler's tomb uh that's uh that might be a little ways off and that one has hot dogs. Uh, are they are they cannibal hot dogs? Do they dance? <laughs> they have to be. They dance. They dance. Are they enemies of the dogs? cannibal hamburgers? Or is this like well, the hamburgers the aren't cannibals? They're not eating each other. No, they they just they, they eat people. humans. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're just cannibals. normal hamburgers. They're opportunistic feeders. Yeah. Oh yes. You know, I use that for yes. Uh, she's making a reference to where deer, where I pointed out that deer will eat meat on that occasion. <laughs> Uh, it was a real fun book. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and so is Duck and Dyer there. And, you know, I actually have a little ditty in my in my head. Uh, done the When Tammy Wynette did a, a song with a KLF uh, called Justified and Ancient there, that I, for whatever reason, I'd made my own words to Duck and Dyer, and I don't know why. Maybe it was during that, uh, that uh, <laughs> period when I was under that blanket. Uh, I'll share that with you sometime. Okay, but I have yeah. playlists for the books set up for. Oh yes, um, yeah. I, I love the one you did for uh, my uh, Psycho Killers in Love, which is a oh, comedy yeah? romantic one. <laughs> yeah, uh, my, what I'm currently working on is uh, the next supervillainy saga book <laughs> called The Fall of Supervillainy. I've managed to keep that book series going, and people still uh, want to read it, and that's all. And that's really all I need to go uh, justify writing a sequel. I was con concerned that the potentially controversial doom, <laughs> but now it's that I think I almost did a false take on that comment. Oh, yes. I'm really sorry that I've shoved dancing hot dogs into Hitler's too. Yes. <laughs> uh, now I have to write the hot dogs in. Uh, <laughs> oh yes. Like I'll, I figure, said, it, I'll figure it out. There's, there's a very funny thing there about uh, my my protagonist of my supervillain saga called Gary. Karkovsky, aka Merciless, the supervillain without mercy, trademark. And yeah, Merc yeah, Gary has killed Hitler about 48 times because once he became a supervillain, that meant he had access to time travel. So of course he's going to use that to just go back and uh, kill him. And since he's Jewish, he just makes it kind of hobby between things. Yeah, <laughs> does mean, it lead to breakaway parallel universes? Yes. But on the other hand, they're all better because, you know, yeah, he killed Hitler 48 times. <laughs> In clever and unique ways. Oh, yes. Killing Hitler is the American dream. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
His uh, one of his girlfriends in uh, in the series uh, Red Riding Hood, aka Cindy, uh, is hilarious because she finds out and she's like, "God, why'd you take me along?" <laughs> ah, I finally actually got to uh, do uh, one of his uh, Hitler tourism murders uh, in a short story for uh, an anthology called Tale of Capes and Cows, which is just like nonstop Wolfenstein jokes. <laughs> Well, I'm looking forward to reading the the tale of Hitler's tomb. Yes, Crystal. What do you after after breaking is, bone? Are the hot dogs uh, the only dogs in the present, or, the, or will there be evil Nazi dogs that the good American dogs have to fight? I can't spoil it for you. Okay. <laughs> Just, he hasn't brainstormed that. Yeah, the, hot dogs, you know, the hot dogs are vegetarians because Hitler was. I mean, like, there's so much. Uh, we already even there's a lot now. to unpack. We don't have the time. Crystal, what are you I mean, working you, on? You have to finish this now. You, you're, George, you're more important than George R. R. Martin now. You have to pages of meticulous notes. Yes, Winds, Winds of Winter will be out any day now, of course, but. Uh, <laughs> but this is this this trumps us on the list. Plot twist or cats. Wow. <laughs> what were you saying, Crystal? <laughs> PL asked me what I was working on next. Um, and actually, I'm working with uh, Fletcher next. I'm going to take a break from the main series. Um, and we're going to do like an ode to more classic historical fantasy, or not historical, heroic fantasy. Mm. Um, but us. <laughs> so um, we were working this morning on the magic system where, um, oh, I wonder how much I'm allowed to say. Um, you won't get out. It's fine. Yeah, it's totally private. Um, troops <laughs> are being like, tattooed with magic tattoos that um bind them more loyally to each other so that that's the magic system that we're we're that's focused cool. on um and so the book becomes um a conversation between um loyalty and guilt and how they play into each other and so my character is um a much older veteran who's been through some stuff and his character is a lot younger and um, my character's daughter who comes chasing after him to save him from himself um, and the conflict that he's rushing towards um, because of all of that complicated feeling of loyalty and guilt so i'm i'm super psyched we were just talking about it on a on a call this morning trying to sort out exactly what our angle is and that 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 magic system came out of the conversation this morning so um yeah that's that, that's, that's what i'm working on next and i've been told that i'm only allowed 50 or sixty thousand words because we'd like to finish at about 120k so that'll be my challenge <laughs> right a tiny it sounds level. fascinating though it does it sounds yeah fascinating. yeah, yeah my big influences for this, even though we're writing, you know, early her uh, heroic fantasy, are um, veterans' memoirs from the Vietnam War, mm -hmm. and because they talk about the guilt a lot um, in a way that I don't, you don't see as much from other historical pieces. So Tim O'Brien and uh, 
Carl Marlantes. I don't know if anybody knows who I'm talking about, but they're the really powerful writers. So that's that's where I'm I'm coming from. So I'm I'm really excited about that. What about you, PL? You're an author here too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, status quo. I'm working on book four of uh, the Drunk King of Saga, which is entitled Alliance Pride. And uh, I guess you can expect that hopefully around the same time as all the other books in the series, uh, which will be spring of 2024. Alliance Pride should uh, should hit the hit the street. So I got. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, oh. <laughs> Sorry, Pia. No, no, no worries. No, I was, I was, uh, that's yeah, basically it. I am working on. Here's my my Carl. My I've I've scarred Connor by trying to get him to read Matterhorn. <laughs> oh, that's that's really cool that you also have it, Steve. It's so I, it's rare for me to find people that um, in the science fiction and fantasy community who bleed into the other books that I read. Well, I picked it up because you recommended it. <laughs> so oh, I really? It. Yeah. Because well, yeah, you had talked about it, so I bought it. You're a huge it's... Michael Pollan fan, right? I am. Yeah, yep. you yeah, have I, that in common, you know. I've got him over there. Um, yeah, me too. This is our this is your mind on plants was my favorite. Mm. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of him. I'm working on uh, the next edition of GDM. It is going to be horror focused. The line between horror and grimdark. Oh, really? Yeah, it's going to be hard. Since we just did science fiction, I'm doing horror now. Yes, CT. (laughs) Oh, yes. I love... uh, Well, any more grimdark uh, from you is something I'll definitely put on my list there. I've already... uh, just jumped into the next book immediately after finishing the first one there. So you've got me hooked. I'm an addict. Put the grimdark in my veins. I'm, I'm pretty excited. It's coming together. It's coming together. Really cool. Really nice. It's going to feature a lot of women, which you don't tend to find a lot of women writing grimdark. Generally, it's usually a, a struggle to find. I mean, Whoa. there are women who write grimdark, obviously, but yeah. um, well, every every woman I read the grimdark of, there I uh, tend to find it is the absolute grimmest of the grimdark. Yes. Yeah. And there's also the spark. Yeah, my my wife reads nothing but books that seem to consist of. Uh, they're listed under romance there, but they're always like, oh yes, the protagonist woman is oh. uh, kidnapped and turned into a slave, and she's rescued by a psychotic killer or a serial killer who hunts other serial killers. And it's like, yes, Dad, you have a, certainly have a preference. And she's like, is this any clearer than what she said? I didn't say that. What oh, yeah. Pre- Anna Smith-Spark. Yeah, Anna Smith-Spark. Sienna Frost. There's Holly Tinsley. There's... Um, mm-hmm. geez, there are... There absolutely are yeah. writers, female yeah. writers who write Grimdark, but... If Crystal you Matar. To-
Yeah, I think uh, what really got me back into fantasy in the night was Laurel K. Hamilton. And, you know, she, at least uh, her uh, first 10 Nita Blade books before it became porn, uh, were, <laughs> were uh, really dark urban fantasy horror novels. And so, you know, you get that, that kind of feeling in Anne Rice. And yeah, as long as you're exposed <laughs> to the right amount there, you don't develop these really stupid misapprehensions, in my opinion. I made and it to book 18. I made it to book 18. Yeah, and then you know, I met my wife on the Laurel K. Hampton forum. Yeah, you told me. Yeah, I oh, I made yeah. it to book 18, and then I was like, okay. I, I like you are, smart. You are much I mean, stronger than I was. Even good smart. <laughs> yeah, uh, my 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 wife was much more uh is a much better uh, connoisseur of it, and she's like, nope, this is IKEA smut. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just it, it just it couldn't slot find B it. Slot B goes to slot A. Yeah, uh, <laughs> IKEA smut. <laughs> you have to build it. Yeah. It annoys you. <laughs> if you build it, they will come. Yeah. Oh yes, it, it falls apart easy. <laughs> Oh, yeah. This is where we I need Dan back. back. I, yeah. <laughs> I need my backup. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, I'm afraid I have to get get going myself there. But thank you very much uh, for having me on this uh, program. It was a wonderful conversation. And I shared you, way too much personal information. Thank you. <laughs> that's, that's what happens on here. <laughs> yeah. I did have a question really quickly about uh, we talked earlier about social media and how that relates to sales is somebody who is who the algorithm on a place like Twitter favors for whatever reason, if they, if they kind of just do the right things and catch the algorithm, does that necessarily mean that they're going to sell more books or does that mean that they just get seen more? I mean, than... you're, you're a good person I, to answer that question. You have a lot of followers. I don't market anywhere else um, at this point. So, and I mean, um, I, it's my, it's my only notable platform and both of my books right now are hanging in the top, top 20 in the military fantasy categories right now. So I would say yes. <laughs> and I think it's, um, it's just a constant exposure where, um, you hit a certain amount of, um, impressions where people are kind of laterally aware of you even if you never interact with them people know your name for some reason even if it if if you're i i rarely talk about books and yet somehow um and now i i'm gonna i'm gonna acknowledge that part of that is me being on twitter and the other part of it is people talking about me um and and wrecking to other people but I, I'm only on Twitter. That's, that's that's all I've got, and and this is what um, my personality has gotten for me. So yes, it can be a tool. Certainly, it shouldn't be someone's only tool because I need to pivot into <laughs> bigger bigger platforms. But it, if your personality fits, and if you're if if you're comfortable there, it's a great way um, mm -hmm. to start building connections and. Um, a platform and just kind of an awareness of how to talk about your book in a way that people want it, want to engage with. I can't imagine trying to build up another platform. <laughs> I, I, I love to, I, I love the community. I don't like Twitter. I think Twitter has become kind of a dumpster fire and a train wreck, but um, 
<laughs> but uh, I love the community, and I but I can't imagine trying to do that with like TikTok or Instagram. Instagram baffles me. No, here's a pretty picture of my book. Uh, <laughs> I can't do visual things of any kind, pictures, videos. That I can't generate that kind of content. But I can generate a two. 100 to 280 character joke and <laughs> toss it up on Twitter and get a get engagement. I'm not getting uh, crystal level ratings, but it's the only thing that uh, that that actually seems to move my books is just being on Twitter and making stupid jokes. Yeah, uh, I I'm think, curious. I think it's about... mm. Sorry. Okay. No, we all just talked at the same time. Go ahead. I, I think it's about finding a platform that works for your skills. Um, exactly. And then exactly. figuring out where that meeting is and just pushing it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. exactly. Twitter is for me, which is yeah. It's, it's why yeah. it's such a shame that it sucks now and it's getting worse. <laughs> yeah, fire. Uh, I, was, I, I feel I still have some optimism about Twitter, but yeah, I'm the same way. Like Twitter is my preferred platform, and it's where I certainly have most followers out of any social media platform I'm on compared to like Instagram or Facebook. And um, I think that with Twitter, yeah, definitely. I think I've gotten a lot of my, you know, frankly exposure from Twitter and, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm too invested to turn back now. <laughs> Although I, I don't, I don't like some of the things that have happened, but yeah. I mean, I was, I, I, you know, I think I'm old enough. I feel I'm old enough to think, you know, like this too shall pass. Like, you know, Twitter could change hands five times in the next 20 years and you know yeah, different I, things I, can happen so I mean. I'm, I'm kind of of the same mind where it's like either either it'll sink or it won't and either way um if it disappears forever then i i guess they gotta find somewhere else to be yeah. but mm. if not it it's it's my dumpster fire yeah yeah exactly it's my and i i don't think it's gonna disappear and i just think that you know like like you said, I'm so comfortable there. That's my yeah. jam. Sorry. And I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, doing something else, like a lot of people who left and went to other platforms, some of them have enjoyed other platforms and stayed and some yeah. have come back because they're like, you know, I haven't found yeah. anything else to replace it. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick around. I will still look for if, if other replacements pop up that start to gain traction, maybe I'll try those out. Sure. But I'll, I'll, Probably just stick on Twitter until it burns down to the ground. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you didn't mean I'm not paying eight dollars. <laughs> no, I yeah, I. I'm paying zero dollars. It's it's weird. Like I I could I would very much appreciate being able to write longer tweets and to be able to edit them. That that's uh, yeah. something I would really like. But there's there's kind of a um, stigma with the blue check mark right now. Anyway, so I'm. Yeah. I'm I'm just just puttering along. It's you know, I get engagement on posts. That's really cool. I'm happy. I know we're like we're really far here and we have to go soon. But one more question to go off of that is just <laughs> Ryan mentioned that he. Uh, I recently saw a tweet. Let me contextualize this for you guys. You're not in my head. You don't know what I'm saying. So I recently know? saw Maybe a tweet <laughs> from Ryan Cahill uh, no, Ryan. who. He shared his um, his website and said this has been really useful as a hub to send people to. 
-hmm. the entire time. So obviously he's using that in conjunction with Twitter. Yeah. Like he's using Twitter Twitter to send people there. Mm -hmm. But I'm curious if you see, and I know PL, you have a, a website as well. That's like your hub. Do you guys see benefits to having something like that? Or is it better to just like mainline to Amazon and not have the stop off at your own website? Well, I mean, I, I think, um, a lot of us use Linktree and we have all of our, especially if you're in like, you know, okay, well, say you are someone like, uh, Philip Chase, who's a book, pretty big booktuber and has, you know, now is writing books that are selling well and, you know, other things like, I think, although Twitter uh, now prohibits you, if you're going to, especially if you're going to be, if you want to get the, the pay, the blue check mark and all that stuff that you, you can't have that on there. But, um, yeah, I, I think for me, like I, like I, tweet directly about like writing books my books other people's books i just put it straight there and i may have a link to my amazon or my website or my goodreads etc but um yeah i kind of like go direct with whatever medium i'm on like from instagram i'll say well you know this is where the book is if you're interested mm -hmm. or do you know what i mean like i, I kind of go direct that way i i, I if i'm referring someone to my website for something specific like say my blog right that's 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 what i would more do and that's just me that's just how i do it it doesn't mean it's good bad or different it's yeah so i'm me, so. I'm, I'm kind of i'm kind of in the same camp as you where it's like twitter's my twitter's the space where i just twitter's like the bar where i go to hang out yeah but i i just updated my website to include like the the high resolution maps um and i did a a character list of, of all the named characters in Brightwash for people jumping back in. And so I think it's a good touch point for people who are, are actually um, engaging with you for the content that you're creating. Um, and, and I think it, Ryan is so much more professional than me, so I probably should be listening to what he has to say. Um, it, it's just like, um, an energy spend it's like how much energy do you have in the day and where where are you going to get the most um roi really um and for some reason twitter's the place where i i get a decent roi on the stupidest the stupidest possible things that i could commit to a public platform and yet somehow that's that's the stuff that really hits so I, I think that um, when authors have a updated website, it's it's extremely helpful. You know, yeah. If I'm if I'm interviewing an author, maybe we should be asking readers. <laughs> if, I, if I interview an author and I'm trying to, you know, understand who they are outside of writing, you know, if I'm trying to get a context, um, information that they put on their uh, website gives me a chance to ask questions that are outside of what's your favorite book and who is your, who is your influences? You know, like it gives me a chance to connect with them on a different level. And it, you know, you can do that with social media and stuff, but it's, it's a lot more difficult. It's, it's faster. Just, yeah. It's much faster yeah. to look at a website. Um, oh God, what is his name? I just interviewed him. Um, combat, combat trials. Uh, combat codes. Uh, combat. Alexander Darwin. Darwin. I just interviewed him for um, a few months ago. Uh, <laughs> I, I have to remember that I'm a blogger, and I could I could ask you to yes, <laughs> you can. with all these people I have a crush on. 
He and he's adorable, by the way. He is. A, yeah. he, he had a lot he's, of information about Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And his how, marketing it, has been so on point. Um, yep. Speaking of of TikTok and other platforms, like his his videos are so funny. Um, with the forcing forcing a submission, and then and now you have to buy my book. I don't know if anyone else has seen that. No, but I'm totally good. So he's so funny. It's it's really it's, it was really helpful because I could yeah. ask him questions as a person, like a person talking to yeah. another person, and I got asked him, you know, writing writing uh, fight scenes. How did he approach writing a fight scene? How did he how did he feel about martial arts as a big part of his life and what does he use martial arts and then we got into a long discussion about play and everybody plays and how he just believes that practicing martial art is basically playing you're playing and you know it was really cool but i i wouldn't have that i wouldn't be able to have that conversation unless i had access to information like that yeah it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be super long but it just has to be something outside of you know the standard questions it's just something to give insight into you as an author it's very That's good helpful. to know all of us authors should be taking notes <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's kind of why i wanted to ask what your guys's opinion was because i agree with beth yeah, and i would really prepare for a page chewing episode or whatever mm -hmm. if uh, immediately looking for that website you know because it, it, it gives mm -hmm. even like like beth just said one sentence here and you're like oh that's 10 questions i get 10 yeah. questions from that one yeah. one sentence so <laughs> obviously we should be asking you <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because I've had zero success with my website. It does Twitter again, like Crystal said, is where I yeah. can put out content that gets reactions and and responses and gets people interested in my book. But if I post something that links to my website, even if it's free content that costs zero dollars, those yeah. are among my least uh, clicked links or you know looked at tweets so i don't i i i, it, I get very little traction from all the stuff on there i wonder if there's more back-end traction though that you're not seeing of people yeah that's it makes yeah. it really hard you know, Ganesh, i know that you used to have a series with your mom where you showed her oh well there, yeah that was different yeah, yeah, yeah i know yeah. that because i read your website yeah because oh, you talked cool. about that and i wouldn't have known about that otherwise that, so, I, mean, I think that may have been the exception. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's the exception, not the rule. That was a that was a while. Yeah, yeah, I think you can really buff up like yeah. you know, like I said, I do six elemental interviews, right? I love That's, interviews. Yeah, I think interviews are a really great yeah. platform. Yeah. You gotta boost other like authors it. and thank yeah. you. But I think yeah, it has to be some value added, I think, now with websites to get the traction, mm -hmm. like it's can't be just yeah. here's my book and here's a pretty picture and right, of you can get that off of Amazon. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I think yeah. you, gotta, you have to you have to augment it with other stuff. So right. And on on my website, I have like you know other short stories, free stuff, just people can read for whatever. Uh, I did something like the Make Mom Marvel, a different sort of column that d also didn't get any traction. Where it's people ask me science fiction related questions, and I try to. Uh, approximate the answers using actual math and science. And that mm. never That's really awesome. took off. 
But I'm, I'm, uh, I'm trying to get you to do the column of like the Tinder profile. Oh, the Tinder profile. Oh, yeah. characters and I've been thinking about that for a long time. And <laughs> I need that. That I would be so amazing, especially especially with Dan and <laughs> on the team now. You, oh you my need God, to make this be, happen. Yeah, that'd be so great. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I think, so, I think, um, but also, you know, coming what Beth and I said, we're giving feedback as interviewers who probably have already read some of the books. Right. So I think yeah. sales and information, they're two different mm -hmm. things. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be long, long paragraphs, you know, uh -oh. <laughs> this, this is information like, you know, I could ask, I could ask Crystal about Michael Pollan. I could ask her about whiskey. I could ask. Oh, yeah. yeah, there's lots of things I could ask if I have access to the information, and then that creates a connection with the author that would make people read, would make the author stand out of a crowd. You know? at least that's how I look at it, and that's, that's how I use the author websites. That's good insight. That that helps us because I think my biggest part is the paralysis of what what is helpful <laughs> what what can i say <laughs> but yeah uh daniel just said maps and i just put my maps on my website so there you go that's a great <laughs> I've done one thing right <laughs> i've put maps in uh reviews you know if it's oh, a really cool. beautiful map i put maps in reviews and stuff yeah. instead of just like the cover you know if there's yeah. a there's a bit of beautiful graphic or something associated with it just access to information and what you can do with it I wonder how much of having your own website is the investment invested in your website and options for readers to contact you directly, quickly yeah. and easily yeah. and to get yeah. a response fast. Because if they can contact you on your website and get a direct one-on-one, -on -one, yeah. then are they more likely to go to Twitter or another platform to try and contact you that way or try to squeeze in and squeeze in your DMs just to tell you, hey, I loved your book. Yeah. So, I mean, it's yeah. that's it's I guess it's where do you want to spend your time, too. Yeah. It's a, I've, it's a, I've done it's a that, too. One. I've done that yeah. too, like because my website's linked, like you can, it goes straight to my email. So if you're interested in like office site copies or you're sitting, say you want to contact me for an interview or something, I've gotten through my website, I've got a lot of those um, kind of emails. So yeah, I mean, it can work. But listen, I have to run too. I apologize, guys. Yeah, to... we, we can uh, we can wrap up. But um, before we go, uh, GM, can you tell us before where we people go. can find Before we go. Yeah. Before we go. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Before we go, uh -huh. before they go. <laughs> uh, we go. I'm so sorry about the name of the website, guys. <laughs> it's an awesome name. We, <laughs> use it, we use it all the time. Yeah. It's an awesome name. Yeah. Hey, it works. Now it's iconic. Yeah. Yeah. What am I supposed to say? What? Oh, where, where can, where can, where can people find you if they want to connect with you? Oh, okay. So if you do Twitter. want to go to my website, uh, it's uh, ds-df.com. You can find me on Twitter where I'm just farting around. Uh, that's at Ganesh Nair, G-A-N-E-S-H-N-A-I-R. Or you can buy my books, uh, Dr. Dyer, Fix for Hire, the sequel, The 100% Solution, and the third one, The Mystery of the Murdered Guy. And... <laughs> Uh, whenever the curse of Hitler's tomb comes out, I'll let and you. Hot dogs. And hot dogs. And hot, hot dogs. Now I have to uh, have to figure that out now. No, you got hot dogs. <laughs> it's uh, it's really you got homework. This is my curse. Hot dog. 
You'll have to subvert the hot dogs somehow. Everyone's expecting oh, I, to be to. Fully intend to. I can't let this stand. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Taylor, where's the best place to find you? On my booktube channel, Made Between the Pages, which is written right here. I uh, also host page chewing on my channel as well. So you can see me beside uh, PL and Steve quite often here or over there. But I also like to mention that Steve and I both have a playlist of all of the episodes. So you can watch all of them uh, in all one place. All the shenanigans. All the yeah. shenanigans, yes. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you can also find me, of course, on Before We Go blog, and I do uh, more official reviews on Before We Go blog, but I also do re write something for almost everything that I read on Goodreads. So if you just want to hear quick thoughts about books I don't write a full review for, you can also find me on Goodreads. And I'm on Twitter. As everyone <laughs> here has talked about, I am still on the sinking ship that is Twitter, so you can find yeah. me there. <laughs> talking about books um and all of those links are always in the descriptions of my videos so really the booktube is book the booktube that was presumptuous of me booktube you is are the, booktube. the place to go <laughs> and uh beth uh you can find me at before we go blog.com you know where i do most of my reviewing you can find me at grimdarkmagazine.com where i do a lot of reviewing um <laughs> Also, the editions of Grimdark Magazine, which uh, is pretty exciting for me, and Twitter. You know, I am at Beth Tabler, which is very clever. Uh, <laughs> and that's where I do most of my, any sort of social media uh, conversations and stuff. Yeah. And Crystal? Um, yeah, I'm on Twitter a lot, an unhealthy amount, um, just at Crystal Matar. Um, I have the website with a map um, and a character list, and uh, I don't know. I'll figure out what else to put on it, and it's just crystalmatar.com. Um, I'm on Instagram, not consistently, but it's all under just my name because it's spelled strangely, so I, I'm really cashing it on that. <laughs> <laughs> And congratulations. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and Mr. P.L. Congratulations, P.L. To both of you. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Congrats. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Twitter, like everybody else, Twitter at P.L. Stuart writes. I'm on Instagram and Facebook, not as frequently, but yeah, it's all at P.L. Stuart writes. Um, websites, www.plstart.com. Those are the books. And yeah, two books out now, A John Kingdom, now three, A John Kingdom, The Last yeah. Atlanteans, and Lord and King, this bad boy just came out. Uh, it'll give me on Amazon next Friday, but right now it's on uh, Freezing Press. Um, yeah, uh, also, of course, before I go blog, uh, oh, reviews yeah. there in Goodreads, and I pretty well review everything that I read and I put on Goodreads, and a lot of those will also find their way, uh, thanks to Beth, on, on before I go blog. And, uh, and of course, beside my, my wonderful, talented co-hosts, <laughs> Taylor and Steve on uh, page chewing where, uh, you know, if you haven't been checking it out recently, we got some pretty amazing uh, guests on there, this, you know, the last, you know, 40 plus episodes. So, and hopefully many more in the future. So mm -hmm. check it out. Definitely. Yeah. So thank you everyone for, thanks all of you for coming by and hanging out and hanging on. <laughs> 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 
But, uh, yeah, so thanks to everyone for coming by in the comments, for interacting with us. It's always a great time. Thanks for Taylor for waking up early and yeah. hanging out with us. Really appreciate it. Thanks to all of you for staying up late. And hope everyone thanks, has Thanks a... to her baby for staying where it belongs so that we can stay <laughs> with her. For now. For now. <laughs> stay put for a little bit longer. But, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I'll let you guys know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like worried for you. I'm like, oh, it's getting close. It's, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> there's enough worry over here. So yeah. <laughs> don't yeah. it's compounded. Well, we're all, we're all in your corner. So mm -hmm. thank yeah. you. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it. To the addition to the page true and crew. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Yes. There we go. Crew. New host. A new host. host. <laughs> But uh, thanks everyone again. Thank you, uh, John, for you know, the you. the uh, the chat. Really appreciate it. And thanks everyone. Hope you all have a great weekend. We will see you soon. Bye. Bye.